Token Tuesday and 420. You're listening to the only podcast in the universe where clothing is optional, but pot is not. Broadcasting from FEMA Region 7, it's Bowl After Bowl with your hosts, Lorian and Spencer. Well, if you want to be like me, a loser, go ahead and smoke. I want my weed. Well, that's why I voted for Obama, we can legalize weed. It's just me and my ganja. Sparking up a J. So when are we smoking some weed? Hey, hopefully all day long. You've been smoking some weed. Happy 420, everybody in the bowl. Happy 420. On a token Tuesday here at Bowl After Bowl. How did we line it up so perfectly? It is indeed April 20th, 2021. I'm Sir Spencer Wolf of Kansas City. And I'm Dame DeLorean. And you're in the bowl with Bowl After Bowl. With all the bowls. Bowl After Bowl. You gotta love it. Been token it. Token till you choke today, 420. We've got a great show lined up for you. And, uh... Boy, we want we have a list of people to thank, and we want to start the show right up front uh, with all of that stuff, because we are a value for value podcast. It means that uh, the listeners, the producers, the bowlers, they bring us the show. You guys bring and put on the show. You guys make it happen. You are the magic behind the bowl, and uh, we do have a long list of people to get to today, which is. Fantastic. We love it. We want it for Christmas. This is kind of like the Stoner Christmas 420. And uh, got some notes to read along with it, too. So I'm going to make sure all of that's pulled up. And, uh, you know, we, we're very uh, 420 oriented in our organization here. So I'm just going to read it uh, from top to bottom uh, in dollar amount. And if I get it out of order, maybe it happens. Maybe it happens. Uh, but coming in at the top, uh, just nudged over a couple other producers was Circus Media with uh, 4207. 4207. Woohoo! Thanks, Circus Media. Super king of the 420 show uh, with this message last minute donation in classic 420 fashion. Love the show. Uh, love you, Sir Spencer and Dave DeLorean. Keep it up. And I will see you in the bowl, Circus Media. Thank you, sir. Thank you so much. We appreciate it. We'll give you a dings. Love the dings. Uh, another $42 donation comes in to us from Quirk S. Quirk S says, Peace, love, and ganja. Happy 420, Deuterinos. Yes. Happy 420, Quirk S. Happy 420, Quirk S. Rock on. Smoke on. Mwah. Much appreciated. Another 42 from C Mike, really squeaking in at the last minute. Um, he came in uh, with a note in the bowl. I'll keep sipping on the red, red wine while y'all toke it up. Happy 420. Happy 420. Thank you, C Mike. I see Quirk S is wearing the cushy, cushy witch name in the bowl tonight. She's on brand and in the holidays spirit, the spirit of the holidays. We love that. Um, 
Yes, I'm just making sure my numbers are right. Sir Simi Norwegian came in. Uh, he came in with a $25 donation. And he got his in early. Um, no note, but we thank you so much. Yes, thank you, Sir Semi Norwegian. Sir Semi Norwegian. In the bowl to you, sir. Hope you're having a good one. And another donation from uh, from uh, the Silky Red Dragon. Uh, there was no note, but there was a text line that came in. And Phoenix said, in the bowl, y'all, it's Phoenix. I wanted to throw a Jackson at you and ask if you could muster up some rental karma for Reverend Cyber Trucker. Yes, uh, the Cyber Trucker is looking for a rental. And uh, let me see if I got something for you. In terms of karma, we've got this here. Watch this. Rental karma. We do it on the fly. Can you believe it? Hell yeah. The magic is out there. Sending rental karma your way in a tight housing market in general. For sure. Whether you're buying or renting, inventory is low. Uh, last but certainly not least on our list is Harvey, who sent in 840 which is 420 for each of us. You see that math that he did there? All right. And uh, there is a note. There is a note. Yes, happy 420 for each of you. Short and sweet. Thank you, Harvey. Thank you Harvey. so much, Harvey. Uh, I also want to do a special thank you to uh, No Debit, who did us a little stream upgrade uh, just an hour ago, in fact, something like that. So he gave us the ability to get more simultaneous listeners because... Figured it'd be a heavy day today, uh, in the spirit of the holidays. So thank you so much. Thank you, thank you. Thank you, No Debit, for running the back end of the stream and all of that good stuff. Um, and I think when he was upgrading it, it kicked me off of the bowl stream and then just autoplayed on the NA stream. So apologies to DH Unplugged for the hiccup there. I think that was my fault, inadvertently. Uh, wah, wah. I, I will take the blame. For no debit, because I asked him to upgrade the stream. I, I didn't really know it would auto-kick me to another stream uh, just from him messing around on the back end. But, uh, you know, this, this, is, uh, this, is, this is what happens in uh, real time. You know, we're moving around wires, jiggling handles, all that good stuff. You know, anything can happen, anything at all. So, that was a wonderful uh, donation list, donation segment. The value for value, we really appreciate and um, like I said, you're in control uh, here in the bowl, and uh, you kind of you kind of have a part in uh, participating and you know bringing your time, talent, treasure, bringing clips. We got a lot of fun ISOs for the holidays. Uh, Lauren and I sat down and clipped out a bunch last night, but uh, the treasure is a really big part of it, and we're also enabled on the uh, podcast 2.0 Lightning Network. So if you're streaming this, uh, we'd love for you to slide that value slider to the right. Give us a boost. 420 boosts are always appreciated. Uh, we also had a uh, Sphinx Tribe contest that ran over the weekend. And uh, as you guys probably have heard, the Sphinx uh, ecosystem is definitely um, in its early stages. And so it's fun because we're like... 
running a contest and at the same time kind of trying to smooth out kinks and put out fires. And uh, what we did see is kind of a tie here. So I'm officially calling the tie uh, between Booberry and uh, Jim C. So we're going to be splitting uh, that prize of 42,000 sats two ways. And uh, that's what we'll be doing on that. So congratulations to you two guys. Congrats, dudes. And uh, it's been a real festival in there. Uh, as far as boosts go, I just pop- popped it back open. And we got boosts. We got blunt pictures. We got all kinds of good, goofy stuff in there. So um, after the show, if anybody's interested, uh, I still need to get a Sphinx chat uh, widget up on the website. So I'm going to do that uh, in the very, very soon very near future like within the next 24 hours soon so perfect and then you know get me in there yes i got i <laughs> promised lorian that i'd get her in there and it's, she's still not in there now i'm looking broken like, promises i'm looking like a fool but it's all right because i do have a what is it, a wallet of satoshi i think yes and i've been playing some stupid games for sats <laughs> Yeah, stupid games. Stupid games always work. Solitaire for sats? Count me in. <laughs> Speaking of stupid games for sats, uh, we mentioned last week we started sponsoring the Bitcoin Bounty Hunt. Oh, yes. And uh, that game is getting an update or a patch. Uh, has been over the past couple of days, so the servers have been offline. But then once they come back online, uh, there's a tournament that's quali- that you can qualify there's like a qualifying round for a tournament that's going to be happening on Saturday. Ooh. So I'm going to see if I can rack up some kills in Bitcoin Bounty Hunt, stack some sats, and maybe win some prize money that way. Cool. But uh, if you want to join that action, if you get the uh, itch.io, the itch, uh, the itch app, it's sort of like a indie version of uh, Steam in the way it works. But if you search Bitcoin Bounty Hunt on itch, that is the easiest way to launch it. And uh, from what I hear, that game will be up and running tomorrow some at some point once they finish the patch or they finish the update. And yeah, that's a fun little game. It's like a first-person shooter. You can run around and uh, collect sats and uh, collect bounties on people. It's really fun. Um, What's the highest amount of sats you've won? I think like 240 or something in a round, something like oh, that. Oh, nice. How long do the rounds usually last? Uh, I think they're 10-minute rounds. Oh, okay. It's not by kill number? It's nope. Yeah, it's just whoever just got whoever's on top at the end of 10 minutes. So it's, it's funny because in the game you're running around, there's little boxes that spawn, and the boxes will fill your health bar 30% and also give you a different set of number of sats depending on how long the box has been sitting there since it spawned. So, like, the darker green it is, the more sats it's worth. Hmm. And then, <clears throat> basically, when you pick those boxes up, it's added to your bounty. And then your bounty slowly trickles into your urn jar as as long as you hold that bounty. Oh, cool. So, throughout the game, as the game progresses, the guys that are running around getting the most kills, uh, if you die, you drop your bounty. And okay. somebody can pick that up. And so, whoever's getting the most kills is a... Is a accumulating this bigger and bigger bounty and so they will be darker on their name and they'll show up more prominently on the radar and stuff like if you're if you have the bigger bounty you're easier to find and uh, 
it's a pretty fun game, really. And the sats actually come from specific places. That's what's kind of cool about how the game is set up. So, like, for instance, if we're your sponsor, we put sats in to be a sponsor and our images displayed in game on all the billboards in the game and that's also where the player sats come from but then spectators too if they're watching can put bounties in on their uh on different players so you can do it kind of like as a tip huh uh so you can see in real time like people's bounty increase you can just set a bounty on somebody and then it also uh allows the players to tip from their own wallets too so it's pretty cool and then there's like a shop with like skins and upgrades and a portion of that goes back into the um sat drops it's pretty cool the way they have it set up though yeah and you have a referral code for that right that's right yeah i'll put it in this episode too in the show notes Mm -hmm. i remember i read it off last time but it's not like you can (laughs) copy and paste it from capital y lowercase l yeah yeah it'll be in the show notes and it is in the show notes from episode 76 our last episode that's right yeah, it's a fun game. I've been playing it a lot lately. Uh, I wish I could find the name of this uh, website that's doing all the tournaments because I don't want to mispronounce it. But um, they're running a tournament for all kinds of different games. So there's also Bitcoin Bounce, which is kind of a just a very simple phone game where you bounce along and collect tickets and try to get uh, a running combo of bouncing on the right squares and uh, another game that's uh where you drive a you drive this 80s car around picking up tickets and trying not to crash into barrels oh nice but and then that uh game where you're swinging that you're the you're, you're little monkey swinging on the vine i've seen you play that um, yep <laughs> i think it's called sarutobi swing or something like that of course i wouldn't have my f- phone handy but uh all of the all of those games are part of this big tournament that's going on huh so you can qualify in any of them. and uh, So all those games are going to have tournaments? Yep. Wow. Here, Turbo 84 is the car game I was talking about. And then Sarutobi LN is the monkey game. Yeah, all of those games have a tournament going on. I think that the qualifying is all throughout this week for those. And uh, if I just... I think if I look at my Discord here, I can figure out... Da, da, da. Yeah, I've just been playing uh, uh mint, basic games hmm? mint gox can you spell that m-i-n-t-g-o-x.com mint gox this is their 14th uh their 14th little tournament uh total of 10 million satoshis are up for grabs and all these different uh games and i think the main one is counter-strike that people play for sats uh there's four million sats that are up for grabs in the counter-strike uh, Bitcoin. Bitcoin Rally is another game that I haven't really even figured out how to play. I'm still looking into that. Uh, Two million sats in Bitcoin Bounty Hunt, though. So that's really what I have my eye on because I've been practicing a lot. Been practicing. <laughs> been running in there, pee pewing. Sats Stacker. Yes. 1.5 million sats. Yeah. Uh, that's kind of like one of those push the coin games. That's what I was going to say. It looks like those, my, <laughs> the game that always suckers me in at the pizza places and the arcades. So Sat Stacker and um, Bitcoin Rally, which is kind of a race game, those are the two that I haven't really figured out how to play. <laughs> but everything else I've played on here. And uh, yeah, I mean, 
there's a lot of there's a lot of sats up for grabs, so it's pretty cool. Fun times. Yeah, the games I've been playing, I think the maker is bling. Just like basic solitaire. Ah, uh, yeah. And yep. um what else? There's like one of those bubble popper mindless games. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Do it for the sats. Yeah, man. If you're not stacking sats, then uh missing out. Stack them sats. Gotta stack them. I want to thank, uh, really quick, uh, specifically NetNed and Duodenum for boosting and Reverend Cyber Trucker for, for boosts today, 420 specific, uh, in the Sphinx chat too. So that's a fun little place. And not only can you boost us, but you can stream sats to us listening to the shows, whether it's the show, uh, that we've just did the latest episode or it's old shows. Uh, all of them are in there. And you can stream sats for all of those, which is a fun time. Cool. And streaming sats and sending your cuck bucks isn't the only way you can donate to us. We also do a first time I ever every week. That's right. And uh, it's really easy to donate your talent in that way. Yes, all you have to do is... Call 816-607-3663. That's right. Get your voicemail in. Uh, What are we talking about today? What do you think we're talking about today? We're doing the first time I ever got stoned. Yes. In honor of the holidays. That's right. Long-awaited F-Ti topic. We're stoned. Yes. That's right. We are. Speaking of stoned. Yeah. You you went to a dispensary today. I did. I did. Uh, Casey Cannabis Company had their grand opening. Uh, over in Blue Springs. So that was kind of exciting. Um, I heard about them because they have like a, some management positions open. And so I'm kind of eyeing it, kind of trying it. I'm going to see what we can see. Uh, well, what did you think? Did you, th- oh, it, you know? I thought the space was so beautiful, man. Um, they kind of do have that modern retail look going on of kind of minimalism, but they didn't go like full Apple store with it where like everything's either white or like metal. Um, it's still like a super warm and inviting space. And they have like a beautiful mural on the back wall when you go in there. It's done by this local painter who she was actually there. So they had an event space on the right and the dispensary kind of in this strip mall on the left side. And so... Uh, I'm not actually a card holder, so I could go into the event space and they are handing out literature, you know, places how to get your card. There was a gal selling CBD uh, honey. There was a a guy who had a bunch of those, I don't know what to call them, macarons or something? They're not... Macaroons? There's macaroons, but I think you're right. Those are like coconut macaroons. They're like the cookies with the... It's like a soft cookie with like a frosting in the middle. And, uh, you know, anyway, <laughs> there was a lot of people giving out free shit. And free shit. Then I was I'm like, well, I, I told him the guy that I had been talking to. I was like, yeah, I've been talking to your, your, this guy, director of operations about, you know, other locations that they're opening and maybe trying to staff it. 
So then they got me a visitor's pat badge Ooh. and they brought me into like the dispensary side where he was working. So I got to kind of look around in there, which was really cool. And, uh, yeah, this painted mural, I guess this local artist, she's, she does, uh, the murals at all the bass pros. Wow. So like if there's like a, a lot of them are like land animal landscapes or outdoor landscapes or like at the flagship, um, Springfield bass pro, there's a part where if you look up, you kind of like see the surface of the water because it kind of looks like you're underwater. It's like over by the fish part, you know, over by the big fish tanks. But she does incredible work. And this one is just like a big green uh, field. And then it's got like pot plants all over. And uh, their billboard, I guess they have a billboard here locally for their grand opening. And so there's a painting of what the actual billboard looks like. Huh. Uh, and then the the uh, skyline here they have like a skyline cutout that's metal work so it's cut out of a sheet of metal oh wow and then it's lit by um you know they've got like bartle hall and the silhouette and other different it uh, has lights behind it so it looks like the sun is setting behind the city well it has the lights are actually the sun just is the paint so the paint looks like real sunset uh, with her effect but then the lights are like lights of the there's like red leds for the buildings so it just kind of looks like uh the kansas city skyline there it's really pretty it's really well done yeah. and then they've got these little boxes i didn't really get the name of them but it's the first time i've ever seen it in a dispensary uh where they all of their different strain strains are displayed with a little nug in little boxes that have a magnifying glass on top. So you can pick this thing up. You can really look at the trichromes on it through this magnified top. And then it has a valve on it. And if you just squeeze this valve, it pumps like air and it pumps the smell right out into your face. It's so crazy. So you don't have to like, you don't have to like open a jar and stick your nose in and whiff. You just pick this little like box up. It fits in the palm of your hands. It's perfect. And you just squeeze, squeeze. And it like, just this dankest nug smell comes out like, it's so nice. That's pretty cool. It was, it was awesome. It was a neat experience. So I I stayed in there for probably a good couple hours, just talking all kinds of stuff, talking how crazy it is to, you know, be in a weed store in the state of Missouri now. Yeah. We've come a long way. Um, It's just, it's kind of, there's some, it's, there's something that's just hard to put into words when, you spend like over a decade, you know, trying to move things forward and just showing up to meetings and registering voters and gathering signatures and all these different things we've been through. And to see like the, the fruits of all of that, to see it actually come to reality is, um, I'm not gonna lie. It was, it was, it was like a little bit emotional to be honest with you. And I didn't expect that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because it's easy to say, you know, step in the right direction. And there's just so many regulations, a lot of them kind of foolish or a lot of them kind of uh, overbearing. But um, still to see that you can walk into a store now and it's like right there (laughs) and you can purchase it Uh, in my home state. It's something else, man. Something that we didn't really expect to see when we were when we were kids growing up. We always hoped for and never really like never really thought we'd see it 
Yeah, well, hopefully in 2022 we'll get the recreational. Yeah, I so think that it can be more of a free market feeling. I think full rack is just right around the corner. So that's another reason why I kind of want to find a find employment in that industry. Um or at least it would be cool, especially with a a company like them. Hell yeah. That sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah, it was a great time. I brought you back a free t-shirt. <laughs> yes, you did. <laughs> After I made sure to get your size confirmed. Uh, I should know that kind of stuff, but I'm just, I never pay attention. You should just be able to look at the shirts and be like, mm, this one. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. It's tough finding clothing that fits a woman like yeah. me. It's short. Especially when you're like busty. a t-shirt thing, you know, it's like, oh, I'm pregnant. <laughs> does this brand run big? Does it run small? I don't really know uh, anything I'm just, about it. Yeah. You did good. You did good. Yep. That's pot, all right. That's pot, all right. Speaking of pot, we had our No Agenda meetup this weekend in St. Joseph. Oh, man. We had such a good time <laughs> out there, man. It was so awesome. We're going back in just a few weeks, right? Yeah, that's right. We're going to go again because um, we had one guy who is stationed up in Leavenworth. But he's from, he's out of Georgia. He's like lives in Georgia, but he's up at uh, Leavenworth at the mil- at the Army base there. Uh, Only for a few months, though. Right. So he leaves at the end of May. So he's like, if you're going to do one again, do it before the end of May while I'm still around. Uh, so we're going to try and get that going. Sir Bilo, who runs that bar, it, he was in, I think they said Cancun? Mm, mm, I don't remember. Or something Somewhere like warm. that. Somewhere warm and nice yeah. is where he was. Uh, so he kind of missed out, and we want to go back when he's around. And, uh, yeah, there's a lot of military dudes. Um, a lot of military. Which was kind of interesting. I'd say yeah. probably half of the people at the meetup were military dudes. Yeah, and like seven people were named John. There was a lot of Johns, and it was cool. <laughs> um, yeah, it was, a, it was a great time, though. We all got our shot of courage, which ended up being Ice 101, which uh, is basically Rumpelman's. It's just like a different brand, but uh, like a... Like that... Um, peppermint schnapps. Yeah. High-proof peppermint schnapps. 101 proof. So, yeah, we had some courage. Um, there was some free pool play. Free pool till 5. We didn't know it was happy hour till 5, too. So, yeah, we had all the deals going on, man. All the deals. It yeah. was such a fun time, though. Yeah, lots of new faces. Lots of old faces, like from our very first meetup. Yep. Well, that was cool. Yeah, that was awesome to see those guys back again. And uh, we'll try to do another one. I know that C-Mike was on call all week that week, too. So Yes, um, we got to get C-Mike out there. I'll have to get in touch with C-Mike and B-Lo and line it up where both of those guys can go up. And then, yeah, we'll do it like Saturday at 3.33 p.m. again because then that'll be like the happy hour free pool thing we'll take advantage of. And Yeah. Um, yeah, what could be better than that? With your no agenda buddies playing a little pool and what whatnot? Free shot of courage, free pool. What's better than that? That's your weekend, man. That's a point. And the prices are very reasonable. The bar is a great bar. Uh, they said that the previous owner had passed away during the whole COVID thing. Um, that was a very sad story. Him and his wife both. Yeah. Well, while he was in the hospital, his wife passed away and no one was going to see him. So he didn't find out till he was getting released. And then they said he died of a broken heart, which of course went down on paper as COVID. Right. Yeah, it's uh but you could tell the bartenders were tore up about it. Yep. 
but oh, such a clean joint. Yeah, that it was, was a that was a very cool space in there. Very welcoming and inviting. I loved it. Uh, <laughs> if you want to play the meetup report, yeah, if you want to, we might as well, I suppose. Oh, I still have my uh, <laughs> I still have my playlist going. Some tunes in the background yeah, there. You know the the, <laughs> the technical hiccups. Uh, the far side was packing the pipe there in the background. Oh yeah. yeah let's try it. That's what you're doing for twenty. Try it one more time. I think that uh, what I did was I switched over the sound settings so that that plays in my monitor. Because, you know, we do all of this live and on the fly. There's no, like, I don't do a dry run or a dress rehearsal. I know this is going to come to a shock, <laughs> as a shock to a lot of bowlers. But uh, we don't, like, read off the script or anything. We just kind of wait until about 9.15, and then we start our 9 o'clock show, and then we're going, <laughs> man, and we, we do it live. Hey, No Agenda Nation, it's Sir Spencer with your KC Meetup Report. Damn DeLorean here, enjoying some face-friendly freedom. Hey, John and Adam, it's student named Clem from Wichita up in great St. Joseph, Missouri. I've got my double shot of courage, and I feel extra special tonight. Darren from Kansas City in the morning. Hey, this is Sir Pasty, checking in from the St. Joe Meetup, newly knighted. Hey, this is Jordan from Bellevue, Nebraska, a la manana. This is Flop Dick from Amazonia, Missouri, here with my uh, keeper. This is Douchebag JP. Thank you for your courage and in the morning. Hey, this is Phil from St. Joe. Remember to be uh, as healthy as you feel, not as sick as you fear. We'll be back next month when Sir Below is back in town. Stay safe. Go, Go fuck yourself! <laughs> now, they, <laughs> that was a group decision there. Everyone's yes. like, oh, Spencer Spencer, you made them do that. You came up and said... Make them say go fuck yourself, but uh, that was actually the group came up with that organically. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, well, it's like you know, JCD's not gonna say it if we say just stay safe, right? How many meetup reports have they been like, stay safe, stay safe, nudge, nudge, come on, JCD? No, he's not gonna do it, so we'll do it. I said, if we're gonna do it, come <laughs> on in real tight. Uh, so I do have an embarrassing admission, uh. I forgot to bring C Mike's beautiful mobile setup that he has loaned me specifically for these meetups. <laughs> and uh, so all of that was actually done on my Android uh, Galaxy S10, which I was just going to not say anything at all, and maybe nobody would ever have known. But um, that was the one thing we had to do was like, we were doing the go fuck yourself. Uh, I was like, all right, everybody kind of come in close and gather around the phone and we, like pretend like we like each other. Um, and yeah, it was, uh, it was, <laughs> it, it ended up working out. We did it all like outside so that I wouldn't get the bar or jukebox noise in the background. And, uh, so that go fuck yourself was like downtown St. Joe. Like, echoing through the street. Just cracking off the bricks, <laughs> echoing. Yeah, it was like very loud. It was very loud. <laughs> oh, man. It was a good time. We, f we remembered the Adam and John heads on sticks, but we forgot the damn, uh, microphone. So. Well, we're but like pulling out of the driveway with this hour long drive and I'm like, oh, heads on sticks. And then I felt so accomplished for remembering that. Yeah. I didn't realize you were missing anything else. <laughs> so then it, we're literally taking the exit like, into yeah. St. Joe, and you're like, do we have the microphone? No. Yeah, it's it's right here. It's but right it's okay. Now right here next to me we'll have a physical checklist of what we need for meetups, and we will never miss it again. 
Yeah, that seems, and that's that. That seems like that'll work. Yeah. But what uh, <laughs> my, see, <laughs> see Mike, Mike in the chat yet? You need a checklist. Yeah, that's what we've got done. Cause that's what I have to do for uh, for myself for every event. <laughs> But yeah, it was a good time. I've got all these kinds of checklists just laying all over the studio. Here's a checklist. We'll have Here's to laminate checklist. this one. <laughs> the No Agenda Kansas City Meetup checklist. I got checklists, I got wish lists, I got to-do lists, and they're all just getting longer and longer. <sighs> oh. So we had an interesting uh, midwife appointment. That's right. This past week. Um, so my midwife... Has to get the uh, COOF test done, you know, to keep practicing, keep the insurance and whatever. <clears throat> and, of course, it's just a matter of time before you're going to get a positive one. And she did. And then a baby storm ripped through Kansas City. And there were, like, she had three clients give birth in the week that she was out. And she, her backup midwife actually just retired. So she had to call on three separate midwives to come in to, you know, fill in for her. Ugh, I felt so bad. But, um, anyways, she's fine. She's back at it. And we went to see her. And we had, I'm, what, 35 weeks along now? And little John is laying sideways, like a transverse lie. Uh, just, like, right at the top of, right under my ribs. Just horizontal. Just laying there. So comfy. And, uh... So she was like, well, do you want me to see if I can manually maneuver him? I don't remember the terminology, but she's like, you want me to see if I can work him head down? And I was like, yeah, sure, okay. And uh, so she had me just lay down and kind of diagonal, like put my leg up, and then she just worked him. It took her all of two minutes to get him just shifted where he needs to go, and she was like, all right. That's that. I was like, wow, you made that seem so easy. She spun him right round, right round is what she did. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I was glad because I was like, well, you know, I thought maybe I'm just little and he's stuck or something. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, no, she made that so easy. So um, she was like, well, you know, if he moves, I'll fix him again next Monday. And like literally we <laughs> we get in the car. She told me she was like, sit cross-legged, lean forward. And then when you get out of the car, do squats, like do some like deep lunges and some squatting. I did all that, but literally in the car, he moved back. <laughs> so I texted her. I was like, I will be seeing you next Monday. <laughs> <laughs> but I also am just like so mad at myself. I can't do it, you know? Yeah. I think it's like <laughs> I'm trying to like push him around and there's just a little bit of like nervousness you know because sure. i'm like yeah, i don't really know what i'm doing you can tell when you've got your hand on the baby's butt because it just like moves them like they move real easy yeah. if it's the head it's like stuck yeah and it's like a big blob obviously you're like oh there's the head and then you get that butt and it's just like whoosh you can just push them side to side all around um but yeah anyway we saw the chiropractor right after that and you know they did their thing but he was already back in position she was doing, um, they practiced the Webster technique, and so she was, like, pushing on a round ligament, my chiropractor, and she's like, oh, well, yeah, I just felt an arm or something, like, off to the side. I was like, yeah. Mm -hmm. Don't know what to tell you, except for he moved right back. So. A little stinker. But I'm not, I'm not concerned or anything. It's not, like, a health concern, I guess. 
But I will say transverse lie is like a popular reason for them to push uh, C-sections on women that go to the hospital, which is why I'm just not going to the hospital. <laughs> yeah. They they want you to get a C-section for just about anything. Yeah. My great-grandma calls him the lazy baby because <laughs> of the way he's laying. <laughs> but... Uh, he'll fit in really well then. <laughs> Baby in the bowl. <laughs> uh, but yeah. Uh, so 33. Popping back up. It's Oh, of course it's around. Not that it ever unpopped. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I saw this story. <laughs> A researcher who sold trade secrets to China gets 33 months. And I was like... That doesn't seem very long for trade secrets. What were these trade secrets? Uh-huh. It was a husband and wife duo who worked at a children's hospital in Ohio. And they admitted to conspiring to seal, steal exosome-related trade secrets hmm. and illegally transfer them to China. So I don't know if they actually went through with it or were just planning to and got caught. And then we're like, yeah, we're guilty. Uh, and then I had to look up what exosome was. I was like, what's an exosome? Uh, exosomes play a role in research, identification, and treatment of a range of liver-related medical conditions. Oh. Yeah. Trying to send them to China, though. Only get 33 months. Like, isn't that treason? <laughs> <laughs> Take them out back, show them liver. <laughs> I don't know how it works I don't anymore. know, I don't know. But uh, another guy got 33 months, and he is uh, he's younger than both of us. Uh, he's 25, Uh-oh. but he has a history of felonies, and he was caught selling weed to an undercover cop, but that's not why he got 33 months. He got 33 months because he had a handgun in his pocket. Oh. <laughs> I was just like, damn, dude, that's hurt. So you can you can give your information to China, you know, give this these trade secrets to China and get thirty three months, or you know, just carry a gun, but have felonies. Yeah, you're gonna get the same punishment. It just didn't of, seem right. It just doesn't weird, seem right, right? to me. <laughs> I mean, it's like the gun isn't necessarily related to trying to get the weed. You know, um, lots and lots of people carry guns on them all the time. Yeah, but you can't if you're a felon. Oh, yes, if you're a felon, then that's a little bit prohibited, they say. Yeah, it just got me thinking. I just don't like that. I just don't like that any American is told that they can't carry a gun. Yeah, it's kind of some, it's what we call some bull crap. Yeah, but. That guy that caught him. uh, That's Officer Douche. That is Officer Douche. (laughs) I know, and that was in Connecticut, too. I'm just like, oh, come on, buddy. They're yeah. like, we'll, we'll forget that you sold me weed, but... uh, The weed stuff is uh, okay now. But... But the gun stuff... That, you can't have... And it was an unloaded gun. They were sure to say that. Oh, well, what the hell are you carrying an unloaded gun around for? What's the point of that? For even? looks? Yeah, it's stupid. <laughs> I was... I was I kinda, That's so dumb. When I did some digging into the guy, he had, like, a Snapchat history of, like, taking videos oh, with guns and Jesus. shit. And I was like, why would you do See, a gun, a gun is for one thing. It's for shooting bullets out of it. So, like, in my opinion, if you're carrying a gun around, it uh, should be ready to be used and, uh, you know, loaded and ready to be used. And the only time anybody ever finds out that you ever have it on is if you have to use it and then you use it. 
Uh, no pulling it out, no flashing it around, waving it around, no shooting it up in the air or over in the ground, or people talk about warning shots. All of that stuff is not what guns are for. No. They're not toys. They're not flashy pieces. They're not uh, accessories. It is a weapon. Yeah. Don't be dumb with your gun. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I have to say. See, Mike says, carrying an unloaded concealed gun is like Bruce Jenner carrying a condom. <laughs> <laughs> Accurate. <laughs> We're stoned. Yeah. And my final top three thirty three story for this lovely four twenty Eve is uh, the headline reads: Why at least three hundred thousand people in thirty three states are losing unemployment benefits earlier than expected. Uh oh. And it turns out that this. Uh, a tool for the extended benefits program basically just crashed because these folks who filed for extended unemployment were receiving stimulus aid through other programs and that triggered it to just shut down on them. So they're like, Oh, you're getting money for stimulus aid. Well, you're not getting unemployment benefits anymore. Well, it kind of makes sense. I suppose they, Aid is aid, right? So if you get aid here, then you're not getting aid there. You can't double dip. I, I'm not sure how it works. I don't play that game. It's all, <laughs> I don't, it's all very I don't, confusing. I don't trust the government, the IRS and shit. No, I don't want to I mean, take their money. If you're if you're relying on them to feed you and clothe you, <laughs> that's just a lot of faith in in an actor that's never really figured their shit out. Yeah. Well, the article did say that unemployment claims dropped to a new low in the what they call pandemic era. 576,000 people filing now. Oh. I was like, yeah, that's 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 low. Yeah, it's still, Not. It's still over <laughs> half a million. Yeah. Oof. So. But of course, the magic number is very alive and well within the coup realm in uh in the United Kingdom. They recorded 33 COVID deaths. But the headline is strange because it says, UK records 33 COVID deaths as possible blood clot link discovered in another vaccine. And so I was like, are these 33 deaths caused by blood clots from vaccines? No. No, no. They were just wanted to have one article with two leads in it. (laughs) And then, uh, let's see. More than 33 million Britons have received first COVID vaccine dose. Surprise, surprise. Uh, there were 33 deaths in Florida and Michigan. Oh. Keeping on pace. Uh, in New York, they will be able to have 33% capacity in movie theaters as of next week. Um, the National Institute of Health funded a COVID-19 testing initiative aiming to safely return children to in-person schooling, and that awarded $33 million over two years to fund projects at 10 institutions across eight states in, quote, areas with vulnerable and underserved populations. I like money. And then just today I saw a story about a 33-year-old woman in Pennsylvania who was hospitalized for, quote, mysterious paralysis 12 hours after receiving the Pfizer vaccine. This whole thing is very, very spooky. She woke up at like 1.30 in the morning and couldn't feel her arms or her legs, so she had her daughter call 911 and was taken to the hospital where they ran a bunch of tests, 
test. Didn't find anything wrong with her. Call 911. Um, now she's paralyzed from the chest down. But if you go on to uh, the Vaccine Adverse Events Reporting System, mm -hmm. they were acting like this is a first of its kind. No, VAERS shows that there have been 151 reports of paralysis after receiving vaccines, and 88 of them were reported with Pfizer. Oof. So it's not a first. It's not, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's yeah. like 88. Sheesh. This is the first one to make it onto the mainstream, I guess. Yeah, the first one that they didn't get like the kill call on it, huh? Yeah. Oh, Mike, see, Mike points us to open VAERS. Is this kind of like the uh, shadow stats when it comes to unemployment? There's VAERS and then open VAERS. He tells us VAERS is intentionally a pain in the ass to use, so we'll have to check out open VAERS. Maybe a little bit easier to get all your information there. Heck yeah. We'll take a look. We'll check it out. Thank you, Mike, for the tip. Thank you. You want to go behind the curtain oh, on yeah. 420? Well go behind <laughs> the curtain. Let's see. What is back here? Oh. Oh, man. That looks like pot. Yep. That's pot, all right. All right. That's pot, all right. Yesterday was bicycle day. Yes. And I learned that when Albert Hoffman dosed himself with uh, his little love child LSD, he did that at 4.20 p.m. What are the odds, right? What are the odds? 4.20 the day before 4.20. Just uh, the right time of the day. About that time, you know. Yeah. Getting ready to leave the laboratory or whatever. About to, you know, skip out of the door and, and then he just started freaking out. Huh. Mm -hmm. Perceptions change, shapes shift. Fractals everywhere. He's like, I'm going to need help getting home. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and rode his bicycle with his assistant home. And thus we call it Bicycle Day. Bicycle, bicycle. Yes. Now, Quirkess asked us about the origins of 420. Yes, she did indeed. Yeah, there's a lot of different... Uh, a lot of different ideas and theories and, and urban legend kind of stuff, too. Like, as far as the uh, urban legend stuff goes, a lot of people thought that, like, 420 was, like, the police code for, like, a, a weed bust, you know? Oh, like, yeah. Like, oh, we got a 420 in progress. <laughs> um, which is not true. No. Um, the, there The real story as far as i'm aware and you know what i've heard over time is traced back to the waldos which was just like a group of kids um who met after school at 420 and uh <laughs> like if you go on a they actually have a website now about all of them 420waldos.com so like it's <laughs> it's kind of wild uh the guys are like kind of old now like, here's them at the Metropolitan Museum. There's a little picture of them all hanging out. Um, they're from, like, north of San Francisco. And uh, they uh, would meet and try to go find, uh, like, a weed grow. Like, they had a treasure map. It was almost like the... Like Rolling Kansas? Almost like Rolling Kansas. weed forest. <laughs> yeah. And they called it uh, the Waldo 420. Uh, although the Waldos are still friends and still together as a group today, <clears throat> excuse me, <coughs> 
The backstory of the Waldos in 420 Beginnings is a golden era we will never see the likes of again. In the 70s, in Marin County, California, San Francisco Bay Area, these were Northern California hippified tales and times set in Marin County's beautiful redwood forested mountains and uh, coastal scenery. The Waldos had, all had long hair and afros. They wore bell-bottom blue jeans with leather patches, hiking boots, bandanas, custom-made leather vests, some army jackets, unique custom-made western shirts, agate rock belts, and even a safari hat. Everybody in Marin shook hands with the ang- <clears throat> with the angel hand soul shake, not a traditional handshake. Long-haired hippie hitchhikers appeared everywhere, and people readily shared drugs, weed, mushrooms, and acid, and lodging. Arts and crafts were flourishing, and the Marin Bay Area music recording slash live music scene was bursting at the seams. It was a different time, in other words. Um, these kids, yeah, were responsible for uh, kind of the whole 420 being a meme. They memed it into reality by saying 420 Louie to each other, right? Because they'd meet by this like Louie pasture uh, statue. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Or so let the legend goes. And then I believe one of their older brothers was a roadie for the Grateful Dead, which is how it got used more and more. Right, got into the lingo. These guys, uh, what's really cool is if you click on the documentation and verification tab on that website, there's a bunch of different proofs uh, that they have of the origins there. Like there's a letter... Early 1970s U.S. postmarked letter. Oh, cool. Waldo Steve went off to college before the other Waldos. Waldo Dave wrote to Steve referring to Waldo and using 420 in a cannabis context. And also Waldo Dave refers to his Waldo, his and Waldo's association with the Grateful Dead in the letter. Uh, there's a letter from Patty, postmarked early 70s. Uh, San Rafael High School is where all these kids went. Um and then they have a 420 flag, the original 420 Whoa. flag. So these gang kids, they had their little 420 flag, and it's just this big-ass pot leaf with a 420 on it. It's pretty cute. And uh, definitely shows the age of the meme and the, and the group. Um, there's also a high school newspaper student reference to 420 in the question man column in the student newspaper. <laughs> A Waldo family member answers the question man with a simple answer of 420. So 420 (laughs) was just his answer. So these kids are like all about the memes, even like way back in the day. I posted a picture of the flag in the bowl. Oh, yeah. It is a classic. So that's that's the true origin of where uh, the 420 idea came from. And it just, uh, you can blame the Grateful Dead for spreading it all over the United States. Pretty cool. What about uh, four and 20 blackbirds baked in a pie? Yeah. <laughs> you ever well, thought of that one? <laughs> I have. <laughs> I have a number of times. Yeah, four and 20 blackbirds baked. And uh, yeah, that's just how they used to say 24 a lot. Uh, yeah. Four and 20. Hmm. It works in the rhythm of it too, you know? Yeah. yeah, I understand that. Our little ones were singing that this week. And I heard it and I was like, oh. Four and twenty. Four and twenty. That's a baked pie to get baked on. Blackbird's baked. I'm being baked. I'm being baked like a cake. I also saw that uh, there's a pretty early reference to the time of 420 in a short story by H.P. Lovecraft and uh, Kenneth J. Sterling entitled In the Walls of Eryx, E-R-Y-X. 
uh, in which a space traveler exploring Venus encounters a strange plant that gives off some pretty stony effects. And I have the excerpt. Oh, nice. Of where 420 came into it. Quote, Gradually, the dancing lights began to disappear, and the shimmering spectral scenery began to assume the aspect of solidity. When I did get wholly clear, I looked at my watch and was astonished to find that the time was only 4.20. Though eternities had seemed to pass, the whole experience could have consumed little more than a half hour. (laughs) So that was interesting. Also in Pulp Fiction, there's a bunch of clocks set to 4.20. and. If you peek in the background of uh, Fast Times at Ridgemont High, like there's one scene where the score is like 42 to zero, <laughs> and it, it pops up a few times. Do you smoke pot? Now that ISO comes from a great Roseanne episode. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we went through all of the weed-related episodes last night of some of our favorite shows. Yes. Um we obviously got the boondocks, a lot of that. God, that is such a funny one, too. That's that's my favorite episode of the boondocks, when Granddad gets medical weed. Because he, he gets busted a couple of times, and he, like, uh, tries to plead with the judge that, like, <laughs> weed's legal. Your Honor, I would like to plead not guilty on the ground that Obama legalized weed. Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because the... Uh, the rapper Thugnificent told him that <laughs> Obama had legalized weed. Um, just so funny, man. And then the judge ends, ends up looking it up at uh, on Wikipedia. Wikipedia says weed is still illegal. <laughs> it's pretty funny. Man, don't you keep up with current events? Weed ain't illegal no more, nigga. And uh, it turns out to be totally wrong. <laughs> but uh, it's a pretty great episode. I think it's my all-time favorite. It also has my favorite grand, granddad quote where he's eating the Honey Nut Cheerios in the morning. <laughs> oh, my God. It's so funny. He's like, it's like regular Cheerios, but nuts dipped in honey. <laughs> One of my favorites, man. That will never, ever fail to just make me bust up. Then we watched The King of the Hill one. Ah, uh, yes. Which is a famous one. High Sir, anxiety. Sir Seat Sitter has clipped, the, clipped that one a lot, too. So I've heard a lot of these on uh, Abs in the Six Pack at one time or another. Um, which was the... I've got them all. It's so funny because I added three more pages, basically, of, of uh, the new clips. <gasps> Getting high? <laughs> Honey, you reek. Honey, you reek. You absolutely reek. Sparking up a J. Lighting up a J. Getting high? Yeah. Getting high. That's a side effect of the marijuana poisoning. That one I've definitely heard. Yeah. Uh, it's their seat sitter play. Can you still smell the Mary Jane? Can you smell it? You probably knew this, but uh, Denver has a mile marker 419.99 uh, because yep. people kept Stealing the 420 <clears throat> mile sign. Yeah, they kept stealing the crap out of the 420 mile marker. And I guess a lot of hotels uh, aren't putting in a room number 420 anymore. Damn, because it's just a party room. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I saw uh, there was a contestant on The Price is Right who just bid 420 over and over. 
Except uh, that wasn't entirely true because at one point he bid fourteen twenty, and if he had bid four twenty, he would have won this PV guitar that they oh my God. given away. But um, that the earliest one I saw was in twenty twelve, I think. And there have been contestants since hmm. who've gone on four twenty spammed. The price is right. Yep. I did get a, a, a an ISO of that. Ooh, yes, yes, yes. I have your ISOs. I have your ISOs. Got my ISOs in one of 33 tabs over here. Yeah. <laughs> I've waited all my life to say this, Bob. 420. <laughs> <laughs> That's a long wait, man. Are you sure it wasn't all of his adult life? Yeah. I've been waiting. I think it's a safe assumption. To say 420 to you, Bob. Ugh. Always get your marijuana plant spayed and neutered. Oh, I saw there's an ISO in there. Um, well, there's also the Simpsons episode where Homer starts smoking medical. <laughs> oh, for that his one eyes. I've not seen. Oh. Actually. Well, I got I think I have like three different clips from that. Wow, that saxophone would make a great pipe. <laughs> That's a long <laughs> one, but Hook as needed. Toke is needed. Toke is needed. I could walk up to the president and blow smoke in his stupid monkey face, and he'd just have to sit there grooving on it. <laughs> uh, yeah, he should. There goes Hom- a grandpa. Homer should do that. That's hilarious. Um, yeah, when we were on the Hank episode, the Hank Hill, uh, King of the Hill episode, the episode right after that is the one where Bobby sees Luann naked. And so that was like a clip, uh, kind of like a clip vault in and of itself. Um, they take off their clothes and then they look at each other naked. So those ones are going to be great to use. Don't you want to see me naked? She's got big boobs, doesn't she? Yes! I knew it! <laughs> that one's a bit hot, but, uh... She wasn't wearing anything! Oh, man! <laughs> That's oh, my man. favorite one where Joseph is like, Oh, man! <laughs> he can't handle it. Oh, Jesus. I have a 420-friendly naked clip on that, on the ISOs there. Oh, yeah? This, is, this story it's is... clothing optional. Oops, sorry. Go ahead. Uh, this is a three-year-old story. Oh, go ahead and play it. It's clothing optional. Um, it's 420-friendly, and, you know, people are coming, and they know what they're coming for. So in Colorado Springs, there was a consumption lounge, and it was called Speakeasy. Uh Uh-huh. And they did, like, a (laughs) swingers night. Oh. So 420 friendly, clothing optional. Wow, they had the the whole party there. Yeah. There's nothing stronger than having it be done in front of a crowd. Yeah, (laughs) that sounds fun. (laughs) Well, like... you can imagine what the news story was like on it. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's a bunch of very upset people. Oh my god! Oh my god! Except for this, that lady that I clipped, who worked See, there. That's the thing about it, though. It's like you know, this this fucking event happened in a s- certain place where the doors were closed, where none of these outraged people were invited, and none of them... It's right. like, the only reason they're outraged is because the fucking news had to blab about yes. it everywhere and, re- and, you know, be an asshole about it. Like, what's, But I'm sure they had great turnout thanks to what's, that. What's the deal? I know, it's like <laughs> great advertising. Maybe that's the point. Yeah. It was just like a, you know, no press is bad press situation. 
But yeah, the people that don't want to see it won't see it. You know, they won't be there. It's all oh, behind closed but, doors. And but they had to imagine it. <laughs> and that was enough. <laughs> oh, I should boy. be protected from such ideas. If you go to the clips I sent you, there was a super cringe news segment this morning. Uh-oh. On a canceled 420 event. This would be my show notes. Oh, okay. I've got show notes. A canceled 420 event. Uh-oh. I had to leave. 732 a- happening right now. Well, nothing's happening. That's Nothing right. Nothing to see here. No smoking pot in Golden Gate Park in a big group, even though it's 420. <laughs> no, yeah. And what? for city officials, keeping people out is going to be high on their list of things that they'll want to do today. We've got Crown Force Sarah Stinson standing by. Do you have a joke? Do you story. have a little? Come on, give her a pun. Give her every. It's like she didn't you're even hear it. Keeping people out is high on the list. Oh! oh my God. I had to leave the whole report because it's so cringy. I was splicing it down and I was just like, no, you just have to hear how painful this oh, is. Oh man. Yeah, let's. It gets worse. The whole, this whole thing is just. Oh my God. She missed the pun and then she was like, wait, there was no pun. Like her journalism instinct that kicks in is like, wait, you can't throw it to the street without a pun. What yeah. the fuck? These people are worthless, dude. Sarah, <laughs> am I wrong? I oh, go. What? No, you're right. Yeah. What? What? That's exactly right. And as you said earlier, I'm here to clear up the haze because I'm sure some people are confused. You are not to come here and celebrate 420 this year. Two years in a row. Take a look at these fences here. They are taller than me and they wrap around all of Hippie Hill or otherwise known as Robin Williams Meadow. There's a closed sign all along here. They have fences and barricades letting people know Today's not the day. We're Do not stopped. come here to celebrate 420. Oh, Take boo. a look at what typically happens here. Tens of thousands of people drawn to celebrate 420 at this part of Golden Gate Park. And usually it's, I mean, it's shoulder to shoulder. You can't even imagine doing something like that after the pandemic because yes, we've all been so cooped up. Even being at a I restaurant is, ner- is yeah. nerve wracking. Uh, even as the media, it. <laughs> it was hard to get into the area. There are barricades at all the park entrances, so you can't even drive in. The city is sending a no tolerance message to anyone who's thought about coming here. Police and park rangers are here right now patrolling to ensure no gatherings take place because back in the day people would come here really early and get their tents set up and of course there's no way you could get a tent in where where we're at right now. Now there are some events but they're all online and the city encourages you to celebrate safely at home. Do not gather in large groups. They're saying, you know, we've made a lot of progress. Let's not ruin it because we want to celebrate 420. Now, we have a link on our website, cron4.com. You can head there and see some of those virtual (laughs) events. But uh, if you're thinking about coming here, if you're even not even in the fenced area, say you're in another large gathering, they're thinking about issuing fines uh, if it comes down to it. So I would do the right thing. Stay home. It's a work day anyway, so stay home. Work, maybe uh, celebrate another time. We don't don't go to work. work. It's over one day. <laughs> Reporting live in San Francisco, Sarah Stinson, back to you. Anything one else day. you'd like to add, James? One day. No, no, that's fine. <laughs> we'll talk to you again soon, Sarah. Okay. Thank you very much. <laughs> that lady has got to go. I want my weed. She was drunk. But then I think the the on the street reporter was high. I burned the right to smoke weed. <sighs> She's yeah. like, oh, no one's allowed in here. It's tough for me to get in here, but I'm here, so I'm smoking my pot here, unfortunately, by myself. Like we but don't all. try. Don't don't even try we coming don't here. Go down and pull the fence down, man. Come on. 
Smoke the weed anyway. You're not going to end prohibition by getting arrested. Uh, 10 a.m. today was a tough start for a bunch of dispensaries, I guess, uh-huh. when uh, Denver-based Flow Hub, a point-of-sale system, went down. Oh, that sucks. They serve more than 1,000 dispensaries in Colorado and 13 other states. Yeah. Crashed at 10 a.m. this morning. Oh, jeez. Biggest Not sales on day of the year. Not on today. One of the general managers told the Denver Post that transactions usually take about 15 minutes using this point of sale system, which I was like, wow, that's a really long time for one transaction. Uh, But she said they fired up an older version and got some transactions going, but it was taking about an hour per sale. So they, for compliance, do they have to use this database or? Yeah. They couldn't just do paper transactions, writing them down, could they? Well, there's a lot of information they have to input because it's the seed to sale and also the, you know, how many, how much has this person bought or whatever, if it's a medical card or, I don't know. Yes. There's something, there's some sort of a SAS that the, the weed shops have to use, so. It's very state by state, but uh, I don't think it's like you have to use a certain one so much as you have to use a system that complies. Um, And I think there are a few to choose from, but most of them track the plant from seed to sale, which is just, in my opinion, is annoying. Um, There's just so much data being processed with every transaction. That's what kills me. Right. Especially here in a medical state where it's like... Exactly. Well, you know, you have to have your ID scanned because the database is going to track you and it's going to keep track of how much you've purchased because there are monthly purchase limits. So, you know, how do you think they know if you go over that limit? They know because... It's all in a database. (laughs) Every time that you show them their ID and they scan it in there, boop, then it's logged and it's timestamped. And what you bought and how much of it you bought are all stored. Yeah, it's just too much. And then the system goes down. Yeah, and then the system goes down, you're screwed. Then you're just sitting around (laughs) with no bag on 420, man. What are you doing? Such a bummer. You're going to need that bag, son. Did you ever hear about the uh, Jimmy Carter Killer Rabbit incident? Um, It happened on 420, 1979. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Basically, uh, the president was out fishing, and a swamp rabbit started swimming real fast towards his fishing boat. And so the media sensationalized it as a killer rabbit. Killer, killer rabbit. Oh, man. <laughs> that rabbit straight out of the Monty Python. Yep. <laughs> also, Ancient Aliens premiered on 420 in 2010. They would do that, wouldn't they? Now, they're trying to make it like Doge Day. I don't really know anything about that other than they're memeing it really hard. Yeah. Some, I heard someone, and I can't even remember who, but I heard someone say that like... um it was because of when it launched or when it was founded or something, but neither of those dates. There's like a, I think there was like a, a white paper date and then a launch date or something like that. Or I don't know. With Doge, it's a little different because it was more started like a uh, craziness meme kind of joke, you know. But uh, we'll get it now. <laughs> we'll get it now. Elon has promised to literally put it on the literal moon. So, you know. To the moon. To the moon, man. <laughs> Dozing around. Uh, so in Mississippi, their Supreme Court just heard um, arguments in support of the voter-approved 
medical market um, because there is a challenge trying to nullify it um, from Madison City officials. Mm. The mayor says that the legislature's failure to update the guidelines for petitioners invalidated the initiative. And apparently uh, this is because of redistricting that happened in 2000. Whoa. Yeah. So 21 years ago, <laughs> great. There, uh, Mississippi went from five congressional districts to four, mm-hmm. and uh, lawmakers just never updated the statute. So now they're just trying to tell these petitioners specifically because there probably haven't been right. any other petitions <laughs> oh, yeah. going on there in the no past pe- 21 years. I doubt that. <laughs> uh, so they're trying to say that oh, this should be nullified because the guidelines were wrong. Oh my goodness. Yeah. of voters, by the way, passed Measure 65, which established the medical weed market. Yeah, medical is an easy, easy thing to pass if you put it actually in front of the voters. No matter what year it is, if it can be a presidential cycle, it can be an off cycle election, voters overwhelmingly across every demographic respond uh, very high to medical. And um, on just about every demographic you poll, they will, it's over 50% for full recreational too. I think the average person is well beyond uh, the propaganda and, and all of the different lies about weed. It's just so, uh, such mainstream knowledge now. Well, have you heard of per se traffic safety laws? No, I have not. Okay. Um, so if you were to get into a car accident in, say, Indiana, where this story takes place, um, if they, they're going to check your blood or your urine and see if there's any detectable THC or metabolites. Oh, jeez. You know? <laughs> and if there is, then you're just, you know, in trouble, just guilty. But the governor just signed legislation in Indiana uh, that prof- provides... A legal defense for motorists who are charged with violating the state's per se traffic safety laws there. Hmm. So it provides an affirmative defense for those who test positive but are not responsible for an accident and show no evidence of intoxication. And that goes into effect July 1st. So you're saying that they can still test your blood or piss. Well, they will, (laughs) probably. But just as long as you aren't stumbling around and you haven't wrecked into anybody, then then you're fine. I suppose that... Uh, no, it's a step in the right direction after all. After all, it's a step in the right direction. It's a step in the right direction after all. This usually only happens when there's a car accident that occurred. So if you're not at fault... I see. Then they'll say, hey, then what does it matter that they had THC in their system? I see. I wonder if that... And just, it's like, think about it. You could smoke pot once in the last six months and then, you know, have this blood test and, oh, you had THC in your system. Yeah. Yeah, it can stay in your system for an incredibly long time after you stop smoking, um, being fat-soluble and all. It's just ridiculous. But, you know, yeah, it's a step in the right direction, I guess. (laughs) I guess, I yeah, um, that's like a tiptoe in no direction in, in particular. We'd covered a bill in Idaho that prohibited the legalization of any psychoactive active substances that weren't FDA approved. <laughs> little asterisk there. Uh, the good news is that that bill has been killed. 
Well, that's a relief. They killed the bill. Um, <laughs> but the governor of Idaho signed some legislation that makes it more difficult to get initiatives and referendums on ballots. Man, and it seems like a lot of those states are dragging their feet on this <laughs> stuff now, aren't they? Mm-hmm. And fighting it. just this. The ones that haven't quite got it yet, they're trying to kill it via killing the initiative petition process, which is absurd. It's like the purest form of self-legislation that we have is the ability to pass constitutional amendments and pass, you know, statutory regulations via the ballot box, via direct action, both uh, signature drives and then voting at at the polls. It's like, can you think of a more direct form that we can actually make a change in our system today. It's pretty much it. It's all we have really is the people. Yeah. And they're trying to squash it, man. It's like, uh, it's like I've said for a long time, like if your vote really actually made that big of a difference, they would just make it illegal or, you know, shut it down somehow. Yeah. They wouldn't let you vote <laughs> if it mattered. Uh, so the governor said that the current process a.k.a. democracy, (laughs) (laughs) favors urban voters. And Mm. um, so they used to have to get 6% of registered voters in each of the 18 legislative districts within 18 months. And now they have to get 6% of registered voters in all 35 districts. Oh, jeez. But 6%, I I think uh, he's going to be surprised to see it still get on there. (laughs) It's just really tough. What what that does is you take your super rural districts, and that's where it makes it really hard because there's not really – I mean, when you do a signature drive, you're going to hang out at a grocery store or a post office or some public place with foot traffic. traffic. You know, and that's the – that's the way to get signature campaigns done. That's how to actually accomplish it because you have to talk to a lot of people and get a lot of signatures in a short amount of time, a limited time. So if you require the rural district, um, which is a little bit disingenuous to say that the process itself, you know, disfavors the rural voter, um, they're just more difficult to get to. And, uh, they still get to vote when the measures are put on the ballot. You yeah. Know? It's not like they're denied a vote or a say on the issue. Exactly. So that's the part that just like kind of rubs me the wrong way. Yeah. Well, you know, can't let weed get legalized in Idaho, I guess. No, they got to <laughs> do everything they can. Uh, yeah. Um, there was a measure in Florida to cap THC. Oh, uh, yeah. That has also been killed. Hooray. Yeah. <laughs> and then. Um, the House passed the Safe Banking Act, so that's on to the Senate. I heard about that one. Yeah, that's a good. Uh, that's a good step. That's a huge. That would be a huge step in the right direction. Yeah, letting weed companies work with banks. Because it's still like t- today when I was at the dispensary, you know, it's cash only. And uh, I think you know, obviously, you should be allowed to have a cash only business. That's fine if you want to go cash only, but it shouldn't be required. You should be able to do. Uh, credit card transactions. You should be able to have a bank account and use banking services. You should be able to have all that kind of stuff. So, um, yeah, yeah pay to, with your crypto. To finally see the Fed moving on it is the federal government, well, I should say. Wouldn't you think it plays into what their ultimate goals are too, though, with like a cashless society? 
Um, why? yeah, I mean, I don't understand why they don't cashy, but want it integrated. It's just another way to screw the the whole industry, you know. Yeah. So I don't know the the feet dragging. I'm surprised it's gone this long, but uh, hopefully that goes right through the Senate as well. Yeah. Because we, you know, we're trying to ram this thing through for eight years now, something like that. Yeah, since 2013. Yeah. So, eight years. It's ridiculous. And then the uh, Veterans Medical Marijuana Safe Harbor Act has been reintroduced too, which would allow VA doctors to provide the paperwork vets need to get a medical recommendation or, you know, to get their medical card. Yeah. Which is just like, duh. Because they can still get a medical card, they just just not at the VA. Right. You know, they have to go to some one of those little... Yeah, uh, they have to get their own doctor outside of the VA. out-of-network people. Which is just silly. Like, uh, weed, medical weed is an option, and all of the tax here in Missouri goes to the Veterans, Founda- uh, the veterans Fund. Yep. So, you know, the, it would be silly to not <laughs> allow the VA doctors to send uh, vets to go get medical weed. It would just be... It's, frankly, it's irresponsible is what it is. But, uh, yeah, yeah. hopefully that one goes through, too, because I've made phone calls over the last few years to try and uh, drum up support for that as well. And it hasn't passed yet, so hopefully this is the year that we see that go through. Yeah. And then my last weed story for today is that the EPA has awarded a $100,000 grant to Earth Merchant of Washington State uh, to help them create sustainable hemp bricks. Oh, neat. Yeah. And it's not the first time federal money has been given to industrial hemp research, but it's the largest amount to date. Hmm. 100,000 grant. That seems like uh, a middle-sized grant, don't you think? Yeah, it seemed low to me. But uh, that's cool. For the federal funds, yeah. Very cool. I think it would be awesome to build a place out of like hemp bricks. Hell yeah. Then hemp-powered cars and Bring the hemp clothes back. <laughs> hemp everything. Hemparoony. The hemper wears no clothes. Well, uh, we are going to go talk about the first time I ever pretty shortly here. But I have, for your consideration, a new segment. Okay. From Mr. Reverend Cyber Trucker. And uh, he wants to bring us the metal moment. So this is... Fresh debuting, and uh, it's new for all of us. I haven't listened to it yet, so here we go. Late in the morning, and happy 420. This is the Reverend Cybertrucker here with this week's Metal Moment. Rob Scallon is a YouTuber based out of Chicago, Illinois, known for viral videos featuring metal songs played with traditionally non-metal instruments, as well as one which takes the premise of a choose-your-own-adventure book combines it with an old-school Final Fantasy-style gameplay and musical tropes. Playing musical instruments including guitar, bass, banjo, sitar, and drums, Rob tries to incorporate these and other instruments to create some of the best, truly artistic music. Most notable are his renditions of songs on banjo, including Raining Blood by Slayer, Master of Puppets by Metallica, and Psychosocial by Slipknot, the latter featuring a cameo appearance by Corey Taylor. His videos have featured collaborations with Andrew Huang, Boy in a Band, 
Davey 504, Jared Dines, Leo Maricchioli, Mary Spender, and Sarah Longfield. Scallon has released several solo albums. While most are self-released, his EP Anchor and LP The Scene is Dead are sold through DFTDA Records. His releases have featured instrumentalists such as Jeff Loomis, Rebea Massad, Ola England, and Pete Cottrell. He plays drums in the band Hank Green and the Perfect Strangers, and their debut album, Incongruent, peaked at number three on the Billboard Comedy Albums chart. He's also part of a collaborative project with Andrew Huang called First of October, a novelty band that records an album within one recording session on October 1st. Scallon, in partnership with Sweetwater Sound, received a Guinness World Record for the largest guitar effect pedal in 2019. The rig included 319 individual pedals, 34 pedal boards, and over 500 feet of cables. The board was played by Scallon and Alex Lifeson of Rush. Coming off the album The Scene is Dead, Jekyll and Hyde includes one of the most non-metal instruments you could possibly imagine, the theremin. The weird electronic synthesizer responsible for one of the most well-known tropes in horror and sci-fi movie soundtracks. theremin as well a little change of pace on the um new segment metal moment thank you reverend cyber trucker for that did you see the uh photos of adam playing with his theremin yes on the socials <laughs> oh man he just looks so happy with his uh little theremin going and everything i'm excited to hear what that sounds like hell yeah but that was cool, that theremin coming into that song, man. That was pretty nice. Um, yeah. We are uh, talking a little bit today about the first time I ever got high, got stoned, smoked the reefer, um, being 420. It is kind of the perfect, uh, perfect topic. So if you want to tell us the old story, uh, call us at 816-607-DOOF. That's 816-607-3663. Uh, and you can let us know just like this caller did. 
Oh, it helps if I turn the collar up, though. Collar, it's okay. Here we go. Oh, maybe that didn't help. Collar? Collar, are you there? You can always butt dial the bowl at uh, 816-607-3663. I think two in a row. We got them on two in a Dang, row. Dang, 816 doof Oh, oh. I'm trying to kind of scrub through. Oh. Let me go back. Yeah. Whoa. Somebody's sleepy, I think. <laughs> That's a that wasn't even on four twenty. That was a sa- oh, Saturday, so I was gonna say, well, they were just partying hard on four twenty. I think but... that it was four twenty weekend, though, so maybe that works. Uh, hopefully, this next caller has a slightly better story. I've made the joke before that my parents are drunk stone hippies, and that I my first time with uh, smoking the holy herb was at a very, very young age, um, young enough that I don't exactly remember the first time. I remember uh, a couple of times, and it was it was two specific adults. That one of them was my mother, specifically. Uh, the other was, well, somebody that my stepmother was married to, um, and that's, that's a whole different thing, and then, you know, uh, it's, but that's, that was a long time ago. I mean, that was, you know, that was the late 70s, you know, maybe 1980. If we're, if we're getting into, you know, getting into time frames, it's, it, it was a long, long time ago. And, you know, I don't, I, I you know, I don't have a, uh, you know, I'm not, I have no issue with, with it. Um, maybe at that age, it's probably not the most appropriate thing, but, <laughs> sure. uh, yeah. you know, I, I would, I'd like to think that having that experience at a very young age and watching, well, I don't know, looking at it in context, right. I would think that that actually, that's given me a, um, you know, a, a fairly, uh, a different, uh, you know, take on a lot of the stuff. It's like, well, yeah, of the things you could be doing, marijuana is probably the, the, uh, you know, the least offensive thing you could be doing. And, uh, you know, there, uh, I don't know, there's, there, you know, you talk about, uh, alcohol, you talk mm-hmm. about harder drugs. Um, yeah, there, there's a lot, there's a lot worse things you could be doing. And I saw a bit of that growing up. And so, yeah, maybe I have that as a perspective is that, uh, you know, and, and maybe why I don't, do it at all sure um you know i mean i got i got alcoholism in the family maybe i shouldn't drink either but uh i don't know you gotta i get man's gotta do something i guess but, yeah. but uh, take the edge off. you know it, and, and there's been such a stigma against marijuana for so long that it's probably easy just not to do it but you know yeah i'm i'm all for people having access to it and i don't i don't fault anybody that does it i think it's i think it's a groovy thing and you know and i mean i'm not to say that i wouldn't partake of it if, if in the right circumstances but uh you know yeah, well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. Love you, mean it. <laughs> Get me a bottle of whiskey and a bowl. You always do both, you know. You always have both. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. But hey, yeah, uh, young age, you know, uh, people don't give coffee to kids like super young either. And it kind of, that always interested me. Hmm. You know? It's like, um, they're probably, I don't know, probably smart. You don't need all that friggin' caffeine. You don't need a lot of, like, uh, any of that bull crap when you're a little kid. So, yeah, I mean, it makes sense. They slam them with the sugar, though. Probably the youngest sure. uh, the youngest weed trier in our tribe. Yeah. Phone boy with the drunk stone hippie parents. That's how he got his hippie superpowers. Before he was even old enough to clearly remember. Although, uh, 
you know, I don't know what I can really clearly remember either. What can this uh, next caller clearly remember? Hey, Bull after Bull. This is Joe. Just want to say Merry 420 to everyone listening tonight. I'm listening live. Have a great night, guys. Bye. Oh, yes. Merry 420. Merry 420, Joe. And a baby Joe. Thanks for listening. Yeah, thanks for hanging in the bowl with and us. Tuning in live for the special 420 episode. Uh, oh, and Phoenix called us as well. Uh, one of our producers tonight. Okay, so this is Phoenix. This is my first time calling in, Welcome. but I figured since it's Token Tuesday and 420, it'd be the perfect time to do a make good. I'm an F tie. I'm pretty sure happened like a month or two ago. First time I ever smoked weed. Oh yeah. And the first time was actually with my cousin and her ex-husband. Uh, I had never done it before because you know I was a real goody goody. So her husband threw me a J when I asked him if he had a cigarette, and I figured, okay, why not? <laughs> so I sparked it up, and I was like, ah, well, that didn't do shit for me. So it wasn't until I got with my husband, and we were at a party. Uh, it was a hotel party, so we had our own room, and of course, you know, I had the hookup on the good good. Yeah, yeah. So I... Brought some with us, ground it up, and I smoked about two bowls, and then the shit hit like a freight train. <laughs> <laughs> and I was convinced that my arms were magnetized to the table that I was sitting at, and yeah. I was contemplating whether or not that was really a cockroach on the wall that I saw, <laughs> or if I was hallucinating. And then I was pretty convinced that the firehouse sub that I was eating was like five feet long, and capping it off with the best damn Pepsi I ever drank. Because I was hella thirsty and it tasted good as fuck. So, in the ball, y'all. Happy 420. And we'll see you later. Bye. 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 Thanks to the voicemail, Phoenix. Yeah, in oh, the that's bowl, a great Phoenix. Um, I've heard experiences like that of like, she said her arms were stuck to the table. Uh, or my sister had her ass stuck to the chair, like in a wooden chair. It wasn't like a couch thing. She was like in a wooden chair and she was like convinced that she couldn't like get up out of that chair that she was stuck to. Oh my yeah. God, it was fucking ridiculous. Do she you, was freaking out. You remember the, uh, the first time you ever got Oh, I do. I do. I burned the right to smoke weed. Um, I heard about medical at a young age. Um, because I am part of the Tourette's Club, so... Oh, yes. What's, I was, your, what's your superpower, by the way? <laughs> timing in the kitchen. Uh. Specifically in the kitchen. Like, I can walk away and come back right as something's about to beep or boil or whatever. Nice. It's kind of a lame one. <laughs> but uh, I just had, like, super bad uh, facial ter- uh, tics and a neck twitch. So, anyway, it started in maybe first or second grade. And um, my grandparents took me to a neurologist to see if anything was wrong. And he was just like, no, you know, it's not life-threatening or anything. It's just Tourette's. It's really no big deal. If this was a medical state, I would recommend medical marijuana. Hmm. And I was like, hmm, that sounds uh, interesting. And then I, like, asked my grandparents follow-up questions about it, and they wouldn't talk to me about it. (laughs) So then I was just like, okay, I got to figure this out. But I didn't smoke until I was about 13 or 14. 
Okay. And it was my first boyfriend. I was uh, hanging at his place secretly. And I wasn't supposed to be there. Uh-oh. <laughs> I wasn't supposed to have a boyfriend. I wasn't allowed to date. Um, but anyway. Breaking all the rules. Breaking all the rules. Uh, just someone pulled out a little glass, like, baby food jar with, like, <laughs> a shake in it. Not even a nug, just shake, and uh, filled a bowl. And I was like, well, all right, this is it. I'm going to smoke weed. And uh, let's see, it was me and, like, four dudes. And I I didn't, like, say it was my first time, but by my reaction, everyone knew because (laughs) I started acting like a cat and, like, (laughs) (laughs) meowing and, like, purring and, like, cuddling up to everyone. Uh, Yeah. Oh, my. It was, like, pretty embarrassing looking back. (laughs) Meow, meow. Meow, meow. I am a cat. (laughs) A cat girl from first Papa. Yeah. (laughs) Little kitty. I mean, I was really stoned. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just me and my ganja. I've never felt... I've never been so feline fine after that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Why do you think they call it dope? uh, I bet this next caller knows why they call it dope. Hey, bowlers. Happy 420. Happy 420. Circus Media here. Yes. Calling in for the first time I ever. The first time I ever got stoned. Oh, yeah. Ended in fireworks. Ooh. So it started at a friend's house. I was there with three other people. And I was offered weed for the first time when I was 16. It was oh, 4th man. of July. Had some fireworks. No parental supervision. Nice. So we got to the big blasters, the ones we got a big old tube for. Yeah. Problem was, tube didn't have a base. Oh, no. Now my buddy, he's a thinker, he goes, you know, I got some duct tape and a piece of wood. Okay. Okay, I say. So my friends and I keep smoking, sitting on the tailgate of his truck. He goes in, gets some plywood, gets some tape, does it up. Now me, I'm thinking... Yeah, probably not a great idea. But if you just wrap duct tape around the board, catching the tube, circling a few times, you'll probably be okay. But instead, Uh what I didn't know, because we were sitting on the tailgate smoking, was my buddy had taken tape and ran it up the side of the tube, just down onto the plywood. Now, tape is not known especially for its strength in terms of stick. Right. It is the polymer chains that run the length of the tape. That's not the right way to use tape. So naturally, let's diffuse, count down, boom, explodes. <laughs> we are in the bed of his truck, thankfully, and it was quite the show to be that stone for. <laughs> in the bowl. In the bowl, in the sir. Bowl. Circus media. Yeah, that's a good one. Now, you got to make sure that... Uh... Well, the tube has to be just this, pretty much the same size. It's got to be just slightly larger than the than the shell to work correctly and shoot straight up. And it also, yeah, with your tape, you want to have that sealed airtight. Uh, otherwise, it's just gonna it's not it's not gonna be a good time. You're gonna have a bad time. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, man. Uh, here's another first time I ever. Let's hear it. Howdy ho, bowlers. Howdy ho. First time I ever smoked weed. I feel like we discussed it on uh, that appearance with the buds of bowls. Bowls of buds. <laughs> I've, I've fucked myself so hard, but uh, <laughs> essentially my ex-girlfriend, a youth man, starts to... Like, yeah, you know, I guess maybe there's not really that, that big of a deal. Like, when it comes to smoking pot, I was like, oh, okay, cool. Nice. And then I was texting with my buddy shortly later that day. It was one of those awkward experiences filled with unending laughter that I just <laughs> wished would stop. And then one of the most hardcore trips I've ever taken to Radio Shack. <laughs> I also wanted to tell you guys about a quick encounter that I had today. Oh. I was at work. And this lady stops me at about 4.30, and she's like, the verdict is in. Uh, and I, I'm i kind of frozen there. I'm like, this this bitch is for real. Yeah. And I responded the only way that I knew was responsible, and I said, what verdict? And she seemed very taken aback by that. And she says, oh, the Derek Chauvin trial? And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> I, you know, was full of answers that she was unexpecting. But nice. four twenty motherfuckers and in the bowl. The best reaction is no reaction. I love it. Yeah. Yes. In the bowl. You talking about the huh? Oh. Okay. Okay, gotcha. I see. <laughs> oh, all right. Can I help you find anything? Or. <laughs> 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 yeah. Happy four twenty, man. Yeah. Aren't you jumping up and down? Mm, nope. Just smoking a bowl, sir. Just smoking a bowl. <laughs> I mean, damn. Smoking a bowl, sir. All you can do is... Rock on. Smoke on. Mwah. Wow. I am really high. No doubt. No doubt. Yeah, happy 420. Boobs. Hey, do you remember the first time you got stoned? Uh, I do. I do, actually. It's funny because... The first time I ever got smoked, uh, the first time I ever got stoned, and the first time I ever smoked are two different uh, times. Because the first time I ever stoned, uh, I worked on a construction crew, like a residential framework construction crew. So we would frame houses in, uh, and the crew was always ball busting, and it's always like, uh, "Oh, you're a huge pussy! Hurry up, climb up!" I mean, when I started construction, I had like a thing with heights. Like I just did not like heights at all. And, uh, when you're on a construction crew and you're 16 and you're carrying this jug of water up a ladder and it's like July, it's like 95 degrees out and, uh, <laughs> like, hurry up pussy. And you got to take these 18 inch steps because the floor is just framed mm -hmm. in. It's not even plywooded over. So you have to step the length of the, uh, uh, or 16 inch steps, whatever. Uh, the length of the studs are, you know, the length of the floor joists are. So you're walking along the joists, like step, 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 step. And man, that first, I just had to overcome it the first time because I was just getting like so hassled and like screamed at that like, it's like, no, you know what? You, you can't look down and think of how far up you are or like think of like tripping out. You just have to learn to step the perfect uh, increments, that perfect 16 inches, so. That's what I learned how to do. Yeah. Um, I think it is 18. I don't know. It's been so damn long. But uh, yes, the first time I ever 
actually smoked was one of those guys on the construction crew took me to McDonald's during lunch because everybody would take turns going and getting the crew food for lunch. And uh, he's like, all right, Spencer, you should come with me. And we drive along, and they had already decided that I'd smoked before, you know? Yeah. They asked me, you ever smoked? Or they didn't ask me, you ever smoked? They said, oh, Spencer, you've definitely smoked weed, because I always wore the Pink Floyd hat to work, and, <laughs> you know, I was just like kind of like a stoner-looking kid, even though I wasn't a stoner yet, <laughs> if that makes sense. Just like a youth group kid back then. And uh, so on this trip to McDonald's, dude pulls out this cigarette box and hands it to me. And he's like, yeah, just cut some of that up. And so I pull out this nug that's like super hard. It's like, like looking back, I'm like, how was this nug that hard? It was like kind of brick consistency, but not brick color. But then he had little, I've never even seen it done this way before or since. He had these little uh, metal scissors. And so he's like, yeah, just kind of hold it in the palm of your hand and snip it up. And so I'm like cutting on this like brick hard weed. And as it's it's snipping, um, it wasn't hash, it was bud, it was just compressed. It's As I'm snipping, the flex are like, I know I'm like losing flex out the side of my palm here. And so he's like, you got to cup your hand. You're getting the weed everywhere. And I'm like, oh my God, I just don't know what the fuck I'm doing. This is the first time I've even seen weed. I'm like, okay. I'm like, clip, 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 clip. And then I put it in this little metal bullet. Uh, He had this pipe that was just kind of a straight bullet. It had a metal cap that unscrewed and it had a rubber tip that you would draw from. And so Mm. we packed that bowl, screw the tip on, and then just whoosh light it you know he lit it he handed it to me i light it i puff it i just like choke so hard like i was gonna die choke and i'm like oh i don't think uh, i can't do it you know i handed it back to him and i'm like you kill it man uh i just like couldn't recover and then i was like i thought it was gonna be all fucked up but it really didn't even i didn't get high at all i think a combination of like i was nervous, nervous. i didn't actually get a hit i like coughed it out before i could hit it uh, it was also like probably pretty poor weed. Um, you know, I said it wasn't brick, but looking back, it had to be. It just looked, uh, it looked more nuggish or plantish. But then again, it's hard for me to remember exactly. You know, it was just such an awkward situation. But he did say it was like he's like he's like smoking weed with a girl. <laughs> I was like, oh shit. He's like, you never smoked before, have you? And I was like, no. But then he didn't tell the other guys about it at all, as far as I know, anyway. I feel like if he would have told them that I would have never heard the end of it. So I'm pretty sure he didn't say anything about it. But yeah, the first time I actually got high was a couple of dudes I was on the swim team with. And they like hit me up and they had weed. And so we got uh, some of the tipped Rillos, the tipped cigarillos. And we went out to this place we called the Super Secret Spot, which was really just a, a rural dead end gravel road um that kind of backed up right to the interstate so like you could see the interstate from this little cul-de-sac but it was in such a place that like the interstate was kind of up the hill from you and they couldn't see you and there was no houses around there was like a cow field on one side cow pasture anyway i rolled the uh i rolled the blunts myself the first time i ever got high and we didn't actually roll them. We just kind of cheated and stuffed them. So I like roll them between my thumbs and fingers and get all the tobacco out of it, you know, and then 
just stuff the thing full of the weed. <laughs> so we smoked two blunts in that manner. <laughs> and oh my god, I was absolutely bonkers. Uh when it when it first kind of hit me, it felt like uh I got this feeling that I felt like I was in a movie okay. or something, you know, like like the experience I was experiencing was just like a first person shot of a movie I was watching, <laughs> almost like surreal like that, you know? And then I just started like laughing just totally maniacally and running around in circles around my car. I drove this little uh, Saturn coupe at the time, um, the Saturn SC2, and I ran around little tight <laughs> circles around. I just kept running around this car, like laughing my ass off. We were so stoned. And then we drove back to my buddy's house, one of the two guys on the swim team. Drove back to his place, and we had to drive through the middle of town to do it, and like the speed limit's only 25 there. And so I'm like, 25 and i keep looking and i'm like at 18 and i'm at like 22 and i'm like woo, woo, and i'm like trying to keep up to 25 but i feel like i'm flying a fucking spaceship or something in my car you know i'm just like we are cruising dude and it's like you know we're barely crawling along like going so slow and then we watch grandma's boy which is appropriate nice so that was my first time and wow i didn't really stop <laughs> I just, once I found that world, I kind of, uh, went pretty deep down the rabbit hole. Yeah. As, uh, as you know, that's, that's just how, that's just how I do when I find a new thing that I enjoy. And boy, did I enjoy it. That was a great day. Uh, this next caller enjoyed it. Let's hear about it. Howdy ho, bowler. Oh no, that was the last caller. This is the next caller. Silly. Hey. Bowlers, bowlerinas. Hey. Bowleritos. Hey. <laughs> Let me tell you about the first time I got stoned. Right after I hit this joint. <laughs> we spark one up. Spark one. Uh, what's up, bowlers? There you go. Bowlerinas, bowleritos. <laughs> on the tell you about the first time I got stoned. <laughs> right after I hit this joint. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. What's up, bowlers? <laughs> Bowlerinas? Bowleritos? I want to tell you about the first time I got stoned. Right after I hit this joint. Sub <laughs> <So> bowlers, <laughs> bowlerinas, bowleritos. I want to tell you about the first time I got stoned. <laughs> oh shit! I need to roll a joint. <laughs> no, I'll roll it. I'll roll it. You get too much spit on it. <laughs> Oh, well played, Mr. Fletcher. Much love, much love. We love you. Um, One more testimonial at the moment. Coming at you. The first time I got stoned was off one of those things called, uh, if you are familiar, you're connoisseur of the 420 community. Mm -hmm. It's, It's when you take the the lit part 
of the of the joint, and it gets better. <laughs> you're putting that in your mouth, right? Ah, mm-hmm. And then you blow out smoke to the recipient. Yeah. And that is a super. And a super. I I had this, and I was like, "What?" It's like, "Have you ever had a super?" And like, like no. And then and then he proceeded to put the joint, the lip part in his mouth. Still, I I I still don't understand why why anybody would want to do that. <laughs> but that's my smoke tricks, man. But that's my four twenty story. Hell yeah! Thank you. Thank you. In the bowl. In the bowl. In the bowl, Carolyn. <laughs> Carolyn Blaney, of course. Hog Story fame. We're actually going to be on Hog Story this Thursday, 422, which is perfect. Because Thursday is 422. Yeah, 422 is 422. So that will be fantastic. Please tune in and join us there. Hogstory.net. Yeah, we always called that shotgunning. Like if you shotgun a joint or shotgun a blunt, you put the cherry in your mouth and then you have to like open your mouth really wide on the inside, obviously, because you don't want to like touch your tongue on the cherry. It's quite hot. So it's on fire. So then you exhale when you blow through the joint instead of inhaling and then it'll shoot out the joint or blunt. Um, We have an old shotgunning photo somewhere. Yeah, we do. So we can locate it and put it in the boil for you. But uh, that originated in the Vietnam War shotgunning. So basically a commander would have the pipe and the weed, uh, and he would load the bowl, and then he would open the chamber of a shotgun, and obviously the chamber's cleared, and he would put the pipe into the shotgun uh the shotgun's chamber, right where the shell goes. You jam the pipe up in there. And then while holding the shotgun, you can just blow. One guy can blow on that bowl that's lit. And then the rest of the dudes can just hit it in succession. They're just like hit, 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 hit. So you can just torch a bowl really quickly out there. You know, six, seven guys or whatever. Um, so that was the original shotgunning and where it came from. And then it just kind of, uh, it's a neat trick. I like neat fire tricks because I don't mind getting burned really quickly. And uh, it's also just fun. I've always thought it was fun to play a fire. I've always been a pyro. Um, I like lighter tricks, different things. Like one of my favorites isn't really even that dangerous. But if you kind of hold the lighter over a table or a hard surface and you roll the, uh, you roll the flint a bit and... It'll accumulate some powder. Like if you just kind of roll the wheel, you don't necessarily need to spark it. You just need to grind it and some powder will fall off on the table. And if you rub your finger over that powder, it all sticks to your finger and then you light the lighter and you can kind of flick that powder into the flame and it'll sparkle. Makes little sparks, little magic sparkles. That's always fun. I like it. Yeah, shotgunning. First time you ever and it was a shotgun or a super as they call it up north, I guess, a super. That's pretty cool. I haven't heard that term, super. Super. Uh, we did get another uh, experience on the voicemail line. I think I told you about the first time I smoked uh, weed on here. 
We're on bowls of buds. Uh, I think so. Ninth grade, yada yada. Wasn't smoking it right. When I finally did, it was like, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> I think I only got like two hits down. It makes all before the difference. Before I couldn't even coughing my brains out and everything. <laughs> but uh, the first time I ever smoked a bowl, at um, maybe that's a topic for another show. Ooh. But anyways, it's four twenty. So yeah. But I remember first time smoking one and. It was a the new kid in the neighborhood, uh, <laughs> and his dad smoked and had bowls, and we were smoking out of those. I didn't. Uh, that was the first time I ever came across like the rush hole concept, and I uh, you know let go of the the rush hole and oh uh, yeah the carb powered the it. smoke back into your lungs. But oh. I kept doing that, and I was like sucking it in like I was like uh, fake burping doing the. <laughs> like that you know <laughs> yeah and yeah. uh yeah i had a stomach full of weed smoke which uh after a little while you get sick to your stomach yeah if you but, swallow uh, too i was much burping up uh smoke the rest of the night so. <laughs> you swallowed in it. the bowl in the bowl in the bowl that's funny yeah uh my buddy one time we uh had this little phase we went through where we would uh smoke before school which was uh kind of daring i suppose especially at the time when we were first starting out, you know. And uh he swallowed he swallowed a bunch of it. Excuse my goddamn noises there. He swallowed a bunch of it and uh went into first hour cuz we had chemistry together and it was like right after roll call and the teacher like turns around and he just like belches like a fucking wall rumbling belch, like one of those crazy stage belches, man. And this puff of smoke comes oh, out of his no face way. and his eyes just get humongous and I just put my fucking head down on the desk like, <laughs> no, we're going to die. And literally, I don't know if she either didn't see it or she also, he was always like clowning on her all the time. And so it was kind of like, she might have just been like, no, I'm ignoring, no, I'm not even dealing with it. Forget it. She just pretended, either pretended or didn't see it one way or the other. Uh, rush hole though. That's an itch. I haven't heard that term either. Um, there's shotgunning a blunt. I found it in the bowl. <laughs> so there's that. Um, yeah, I always have called it a carb, a carb. Yeah. Short for carburetor. Um, but a rush hole, I feel like I've, Oh, somebody in the, in the bowl said choke. I've heard choke too. Yes. That is uh <laughs> rush hole an overzealous rush fan. <laughs> Says Fletcher, those rush guys, man, they get too into it. Um, well, what do you say? Ah, fuck it, dude. Let's go bowling. Yes, let's. Let's go bowling, bowlers. I have clips. All right, I'm ready. Are they in your show notes? They are. Play a uh, jumping. If you see that one. Oh boy. Ooh. Take a look at this. Jumping worms. They're making their way to Kansas <laughs> no. and Missouri. Yes, jumping worms. They can grow to be four to eight inches long. Mm -mm. They move like a snake. It's an invasive species. It originally comes from Asia. Researchers have been tracking these things since 2013. They think they were brought to the U.S. as fish bait, <sighs> but they jump. No, thank you. Hmm. I was going to wonder, I was like, do they, the fish like them? Can I go fishing with them? Will yes. they jump on my hook? Maybe, Clearly. I don't know. 
This is what nightmares are made yeah, out of. Yeah, do you really want to deal with these things, though? I'm imagining, like, a, a snakes on a plane sequel. If they like jumping <laughs> worms on a plane. I, I'm oh sick of, I can't watch this video anymore. No, Dude, I can't. It's just it's worms. I mean, come on now. It's gross. So did you see him in action? Yes. But they don't even talk about... Is it as horrific as the guys are saying? No. They look like worms, but they do hop a little bit, and they they slither kind of like snakes. Mm. Um, I don't know. Worms don't bother me. Uh, I like my earthworms that we've got. You know, yeah, fornicating, making the soil better. Yeah. Um, I played with worms as a kid. They don't bother me. We go fishing and put a worm on a hook, whatever. Mm-hmm. But what they didn't talk about is what they're doing to the environment. Which I was like, come on, where's the news about the jumping worms? Right. These jumping worms from China. They also didn't call it out, but they came over here from China. Uh, uh, they, changed... they did say they were Asian, didn't they? <laughs> yeah, they <laughs> said Asian. as deep as they got. They changed soil structure, deplete nutrients, damage plant roots, and alter water holding capacity of the soil. So these are bad news bears. Damn. Bad news worms. Get them out of here. For this. Yes, exactly. So be on the lookout if you're in the Casey area. I saw a lot of stories out of St. Louis. Hmm. area with them so who knows but Sucks they said they're coming to kansas and missouri so they must be over here they need to stay out yeah kind of like those beetles that ate all our peaches yeah what the heck that one like year bastards well moths moths were the worst part because that's what the worms were oh fuck we're baby moths yeah the peaches when they uh get that little moth cocoon thing in there um they start oozing out this weird, clear... It looks like hot glue, almost. And, hmm. uh... Phew, ruins your damn peaches, basically. Long story short. Yeah. Got another clip. Oh? Um, yeah, I'll go for it. North Carolina couple? Sure. Good morning. It started out as a typical Friday morning. I need to wash my car. Happy and Christy Wade leaving their house to take their senior cat, Caroline Faith, to the vet. When Christy came out of their garage, she heard a growl. I knew it was a cat because I know what a cat sounds like, Um, but it sounded like a very angry cat. So when Christy backs up to see what it is, the face of this bobcat came around the corner of the car. Christy tried to run between the cars to the street, bit my hand, and um, I kind of drug it with me and it crawled up my back. Christy's husband, Happy, heard the screams and immediately knew something was hurting his wife. He came running around the car. I just remember seeing this this face and it was trying to bite her right there in the side of the neck. Fuck that. And so I shoved, I shoved my arm in and that's how why I ended up with it like this. I'm holding this thing up. And at that point, I say, oh, my God, it's a bobcat. I really didn't know what it was. Happy says as soon as he saw it was a bobcat, he knew something had to be wrong with the animal. I knew that it had to have had something. And so I figured it was rabies. The cat bit Happy three times while he was holding it. And I could literally feel the tooth on my knuckle. So he tried to get it as far away from him and his wife as he could. I thought, I'll throw it this way, two options. One, it'll see an escape route and it'll take off, or it'll stop just a moment where I can get a good shot at it. The cat then comes back in the direction of the house instead of to the woods. Happy finally shot the animal because he knew something was wrong with it. Tests later confirmed the bobcat had rabies. In my head, 
I knew it had already attacked two people. If it attacked somebody else and I didn't do something, morally, it would have bothered me for a long time. Thank you. Thank you for taking care of that, bud. Yes. And to net net in the bowl, yes, this is a guy that threw that fucker across the yard. <laughs> <laughs> God damn, that's intense, dude. That gra- isn't that growl haunting? Yeah, bro. I was like, I've heard this in horror movies. <laughs> Oh, man. I'm always just so nuts when it comes to, like, if you're leaving the house and you're going to the car or if you're leaving the car and going to the house where you're, like, always checking the corners and checking, like, like, even when I'm putting the kids in the car. If I'm, like, I got to lean in to the back seat and, like, buckle them. And if it takes, like... I don't don't know, maybe, like, 20 or 30 seconds, I'll, I'll, like, stand up every once in a while and, like, do a scan again. I'll stand up oh, and yeah. look around because I don't want anything coming up behind me, whether it's a man, animal, or whatever. Surprise! Yeah. While I'm fucking bent over with my head in the car, like totally vulnerable. I, you gotta just always—I don't know what it is, man. Maybe it's paranoia or whatever. But <laughs> I just always check in the corners, you know. Like, okay, yeah. like like if anything that I didn't see before had shown up, like look at where it could have come from, you know. Like just hit those corners. Like look, look, look. Oh, look at the corner of that building. Look around the car, you know. I don't know. I just always got to check. You just keep checking. You know? I, too. When you're out in public. Yeah, I, too, am hypervigilant. Yeah. As I call it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you just got to always watch, man, because fuck surprises, man. Especially surprises with rabies, dude. Uh, rabies is I not what you want to catch. Luckily, we have, like, a fix for that. You just have to go to the hospital, like, very, very quickly. <laughs> Yeah, but Sorry, dude, cat. rabies is crazy. Like, if you let that shit set in, you're just you're just fucked. Yeah, you just die. It's fucking intense. I've seen the some videos of like the hydrophobia that sets in. That is the weirdest shit ever. Where they just like can't even go near water, yeah, even in a cup or something. Ooh, it's freaky. <laughs> or like the people who like <laughs> they hold in the water and they're like trying to drink it, and then like every time it just gets too close or in their mouth, and they're like, <laughs> yeah. Oh man. So weird. Not where you want to be. No rabies for me, please. No. In Colorado, a bobcat hopped over the backyard fence. It's like a privacy fence. Okay. Where a five-year-old girl was riding her bicycle. And the bobcat was chasing a rabbit. He was going after his dinner. Okay. Well, when he saw a little girl and when she saw him, they both froze and had a staring contest, (laughs) which lasted for 22 seconds. Ooh. Before he decided, he, the bobcat, decided to hightail it out of there. Nice. The little girl went inside immediately after he was out of the yard and told her parents, I just had won a staring contest with a bobcat, and neither of them believed her. But they had a uh, like ring security door camera. Yeah. I'm not sure if it was a ring. I shouldn't even drop that. It's not fucking native ad here but (laughs) they had a security camera on the back and they reviewed it and sure enough it was a damn bobcat hopped over that fence chasing rabbits that's intense yeah yeah so two bobcat stories one week wow um there's a home for sale in new mexico that looks on the inside on the outside it looks like a lovely little home Uh and on the inside it looks like a spaceship whoa the uh, owner who's selling it 
has owned it for 21 years and did all these like mural paintings inside and decorated it with spaceshipy furniture. And uh, by the time they even wrote the little story on it and did their little feature multimedia piece in the house, someone had already put in an offer as is. Yeah. And they were like, please leave the furniture. (laughs) Yep. Out in Albuquerque. So if you're looking to move and you want to live in a spaceship, (laughs) we found your house. Uh, You just try and submit a better offer. Can they do that? Well, can you like submit an offer when an offer has been accepted? You can take what's called backup offers, and uh, those backup offers only go into play if the first one falls through for some reason. Oh. So. So once a seller accepts an offer, yes and no. Yeah. They're kind of tied into it yeah you're locked in unless one of the contingencies falls through like for instance if the buyer can't get their um loan secured or if uh the buyer backs out because of issues they find during the inspection that's one way that they can get out but um yeah you're pretty much locked in unless something falls through and that gets canceled you can't just like run away because you get a better number from somebody else gotcha well i got another clip for nope. bowling this evening, this is about a home intruder. Uh-oh. An unusual home intruder forces Sacramento police to swarm a Natomas neighborhood. One woman called 911 thinking she's about to be robbed. Instead, faced with a cleaning culprit. Yeah, this incident left this homeowner without a front door for a few days. There are still marks <laughs> left behind from police forcing entry. Oh, the homeowner sh- is just grateful that what she thought was an intruder, was something completely different. I'd say about 1 a.m., I hear, over my meditation music, I hear, (laughs) I was like. (laughs) Yana was sleeping with her two-year-old daughter when she heard noises coming from her stairs. So she texted her friends. I was like, hey, someone's in my house. They're like, call the police. I was like, oh yeah, yeah, call the police. She says her first thought was, I need to get out of here. Fear says go. I said no. I gotta go. So Yana's so scared, <laughs> hiding in her bathroom, whispering to 911, planning her escape with her baby. So I put her in the tub. I get the ladder, and I'm like, no, no, stop, stop, calm. You're okay. You're gonna go out the window? Oh, I was gonna go out the window. Fearing for her life, Yana was not about to take any chances. I'm on the phone with the dispatcher, and he's like, ma'am. Dude, what do you hear? I'm like, I hear someone walking down my stairs. So it's like boom, 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 boom. Within minutes, she hears another boom, this time from responding officers forcing their way into her home, trying to catch the intruder. And you hear police, police, and then a shuffle, and then you hear laughter. And I was like, Turns out the so-called robber was her Roomba. Oh my, my son God. turned on the vacuum cleaner because he didn't want to do chores before he left for the weekend. We hadn't used this vacuum in almost two years. It went down the stairs. Yana and her neighbors now laugh about what happened, but she was certainly terrified that night. She's grateful that police responded to her home less than 10 minutes. Good news, her son did not get in trouble. Oh my God, you've got to be kidding me. Man, they really stretched that one out too. They were like... Oh, there's going to be a twist. Oh, there's going to be a twist. Yeah. A fucking Roomba. I'm surprised they didn't shoot the Roomba. (laughs) (laughs) Seriously. (laughs) That would have been funny. Yeah. yeah. Be a lot cooler if you did shoot the Roomba. (laughs) Yeah. (sighs) Everyone needs to... Mandatory uh, gun training. (laughs) 
safety gun safety yeah arm every citizen (laughs) that would be a little freaky if like you hadn't used it for two years and then it's just like bumping around your house it went down the stairs yeah (laughs) what's up with the damn Roomba going down the stairs they're not supposed to go down the stairs it fell down the stairs yeah it beep boop down the stairs yeah yeah so no Roombas no rabies no Roombas that's what we've learned from our bowling session so far no rabies no Roombas and no front door if you call the cops or something like <laughs> so that. Funny she went out without a front door. <laughs> yeah. Uh, can't keep your house clean like that. No. Uh, there's a gnome shortage at garden stores oh, say in it England. Oh, so. Yes. Apparently, the scamdemic led to a boom in gnome statue sales and other gardening supplies. People were looking for something to do, got into gardening, I guess, a little intensively. So one store owner told the Guardian that she hadn't seen a gnome in six months. Oh, jeez. Yes. What are people going to do without their gnomes? I don't know. They said uh, it it was taking, you know, months and months for products to come in, but also they think that the raw materials to make these garden gnomes was stuck on the ship in the canal. So now, uh, you know. I guess it's, you're lucky if you see a gnome in the garden. Them gnomes, they're going for <laughs> four times their value on eBay now. <laughs> Got the black market for gnomes. Black gnome <laughs> market. And as her Bush is hiring a chief tasting officer, they get a, it's for their dog brew. So they're hiring a dog for $20,000 a year salary. Oh, man. If you're that dog, man. I'll tell you what. It's above the national average for dog pay. Yeah. And our dogs owe us rent. Yeah. <laughs> if they've been mooching for since way too long. They've been mooching since 2011. <laughs> I have something for that somewhere. Dude, I've been mooching off you for years. Yeah, that's our dogs. Yeah. So uh, Bush Dog Brew came out last year. It's alcohol-free. It's a bone broth brew. Bone broth. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I guess the first batch sold out within 24 hours. So well, people really right. want to, you know. Those dog products, man, they are fucking lucrative. People will buy anything for their dogs. They really will. They really will. I bet if they had those, like, uh, pube shaver ads but for dogs, people would just buy them. Oh, yeah. I mean, you can get, like, antidepressants and anti-anxiety meds for your dogs. Eh? Yeah. It's, it's <laughs> wild. Yeah, yeah, it is <laughs> wild. That's a, that's a good word for it. My dogs get big bags of kibble. Oh, well, they it. occasionally get bones. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. And whatever I happen to drop on the floor on accident. Yes, yes. But this is also why our children eat dog friendly food or dog safe foods because <laughs> they drop a lot more on the floor than we do. Yeah. Uh. So. One dad is asking his babysitter to replace his $2,000 guitar that his three-year-old broke while under the babysitter's supervision. Ugh. Yeah. What do you think about that? You know what I think? You played yourself. Yeah. Apparently, the child went into a room in which they were not allowed and, uh... The father had his guitar collection on the wall, and the three-year-old pulled one off, and it snapped the neck. The babysitter was allegedly ha- on a phone call. Uh, but, I don't know. It's tough. That's a tough one. 
Maybe there's a contract that you need, <laughs> agreement was I mean, written. You kind of need like a renter's insurance type policy for your stuff in this case, I would say. Or if you're a babysitter, maybe there's a uh, maybe there's a policy on that too. But think about that at the, though. At the base level, though, I don't know. For me, three seems like a young age to like leave your kid with somebody else, oh. especially if it's another minor. You know? Yeah, the know. the babysitter I'm is like, nineteen. Uh, well, if they're 19, you know, it does come down to you trusting your babysitter, but I guess that's between him and her, you know? Yeah. I, I would hate to be like a Judge Judy sitting between that. Same, same. I was going to say, though, like, what is this actually be? it? Or is no, this just a fucking stock photo? That's a stock photo. I think. This is absolutely fucking destroyed. It's trash. And there's, it looks guitar. like a stage behind it. Yeah. With microphones. I'm like, stand. there's no way. Yeah, I don't know. Just I mean, like, imagine if they, this creates like a new uh, industry of like babysitter insurance or something ridiculous, though. Yeah, you know, I mean, like, ugh. There are just certain risks that you take in your own shit when you when you let somebody else into your home. You know, there's just certain risks that you assume. Yeah, and especially if you're gonna leave your kid out of your own sight. You know, if there's a if there's a room in your house that has expensive shit, and nobody's allowed in there, then it better be locked. It should be locked. Exactly. It should be secured. There's no way a three year old can get in, whether they're being monitored or not. You know. Yeah. That's my opinion. I think the guy, you know, fucking takes a takes a hit and learns a lesson. Yeah, exactly. The babysitter. I mean, maybe yeah. Pay attention a little bit more because how'd the kid get? You know, but. That's just when you fire the babysitter and get a new babysitter, but you're kind of screwed on your guitar, you know? Yeah. You got to take better care of it, man. Yeah. Lock that room. Put it in a case. I mean, can you... Obviously, it's going to be hanging up on one of those neck things on the wall, right? Yeah. So if it's that expensive, put it in a case, put it in a display, you know? Don't hang it on one of those neck things because those are... But yeah, I mean, you if you're just hanging it on the wall, man, I've I've seen those things fall right off the wall with nobody around. Yeah, I have knocked one off the wall before. And yeah, they're easy to <laughs> bump into. And yeah, that's no place for your $2,000 guitar, man. No, no. Unless you're a guy with like eight or nine $2,000 guitars and like your special one is $20,000 or oh, something. Geez. But, you know, guitars can get stupid, man. Yeah. But yeah, just put it put it somewhere <laughs> safe. That's my that's my verdict. Take the loss on this one. Yep. Learn your lesson. Yeah. Fucked up. I agree. Um, so I read a story about a groom who had to or not had to, but chose to postpone his wedding um because of all the COVID nonsense. Right. Um and so it got rescheduled for this August. And his sister is currently pregnant and expecting right around that time. <laughs> so he decided to call her and let her know that the baby was just absolutely under any circumstance not invited. The what? baby cannot come because babies are distracting. Wow, what His a own fucking sister. dick. So their mom got involved yeah, and talked to the bride-to-be and the son, yeah. the groom, and was just like, Babies can't leave their parents. Like, their parents can't leave a newborn right. with anyone. It has to be with, the baby has to be with its mom. And, you know, if the baby starts crying or something, they'll just leave the... They just stand up and you just leave. leave. It Walk takes out. four yeah. seconds. Exactly. 
And that didn't work. I guess the, I think that maybe the bride-to-be has a bit more to do with this than the groom. Because the bride-to-be was just like, no, I don't want any distractions. I don't want any risk. You know, bridezilla. Don't want to ruin my wedding with the baby. I don't want Man, the baby to ruin my wedding. I'm sorry. I've been to a lot of fucking weddings. And I work weddings. And I love weddings. But, like... Bitches who make it all about them on their fucking day and everything has to happen perfectly, like, that shit is so gross. Your wedding is about the union between you and the dude. Uh, you and whoever. Whoever, yeah. You know, you and the fucking whole crew, you and whoever's going <laughs> on. But uh, the, the union's between the two people getting married. And all of their family and friends there like as witnesses to see it to be a part of it to participate in it and that includes you know your fucking drunk uncle who's gonna shout something stupid at the wrong moment that includes the newborn baby who's gonna cry when she needs a boob uh that includes everybody in the picture so i mean these fucking people who like you know they demand your presence but then they also demand like that you can't act a certain way or do a certain thing or say a certain thing. That shit is just so gross to me. Yeah. Like, the point of the wedding is f- like everybody, everybody's a part of it. And, and to think that just like something as simple as a baby crying is going to affect the outcome of your little day. Oh, gosh. Ooh, uh, ooh, ooh, uh, 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 Maybe you should uh, reconsider your marriage if that's going mean, to destroy just, things. Like, Just go fuck yourself. Well, and you know... I, uh, it's kind of weird, but I think that babies crying during, like, services of any kind is kind of endearing. It's just like a reminder of life. You know, I love babies. Yeah. Baby I doesn't know. know where the hell it is. It just little baby. I always... Um, just knows when it's hungry, or when it's cold. Or when it poops. Or when it's uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, or when it's sitting <laughs> in shit. <laughs> yeah. Well, it gets worse because then, uh, the sister suggested, okay, well, you know, my husband can stay with the baby and I'll pop in and say hi. Uh, and then I'll stay with the baby and my husband can pop in and say hi and give uh, wishes to them. And the groom was like, no, your husband is no longer invited because if he pops in by himself, that's going to be distracting. Wow. I was like, whoa. So these people are the worst and then they made a news article about it, huh? Uh-huh. Jesus. They are the worst. Yeah. I blame the. This is this was some forum banter. I blame that bridezilla thing. I oh, do too. Forum banter, nice. Yeah, yeah, man. It's like uh, people get this all these expectations, and then they they get like impossible to maintain expectations. Where if you set certain standards of everything being perfect, and I do the fucking finger quotes when I say perfect, um, it's so super. You're not gonna you're not gonna achieve that. Yeah. You're not going to achieve that. And so what you do is you come off looking like some elitist snob Cause jackass, because yeah, you are. That's what they're acting like, yeah. yeah. It's that Disney princess trauma. <laughs> man, you know, well, Disney princess, like, a fucked up shit happened to all those chicks too, man. And they, you know what they had to do? They had to fucking deal with it. Cinderella had those two sisters, bro, like half her step or whatever. They were bitches, man. Yeah, she had to clean the floor on her hands and knees and shit. Yeah. It all worked out. It's all going to work out. You know, and just take a deep breath. Yeah, but keep your priorities in the right place. Yeah. It's like you're keep, harming your, your f- new family. Get your like, family at the wedding, man. Yeah. What's in, you know, their presence is the present. 
I agree. You want people to be there for you. Like I it's agree. that's love. <laughs> you can bring as many babies as you want to my wedding. Hell yeah. All the babies. Uh and then finally uh app dating. Oh. I'm grateful that I'm not in this world. <laughs> <laughs> so this guy met a woman on Hinge and agreed to go on a date with her. I don't even know what that is. It's a dating app, I guess. Oh. Boy was he shocked to be greeted by four other men when he got there. Because come to find out, this lady friend decided to invite everyone she matched with, which was 16 men, and dragged her friend along. Oh my god. So she matched with 16, and she actually got four to show up. She just planned the same time and date. No, four were there before him. The rest of them showed up later. Oh, I see. She... (laughs) Oh my god! <laughs> yeah. Oh man! Can you imagine that? So did they like run a train on her or what? I don't think so. I think they. <laughs> I. I think she probably was left lonely at the end of that I night. I imagine. But yeah, dude made a TikTok video about it. Fuck TikTok, but it was just goofy as hell. He's like, so I'm here, and this is her friend, and her friend's like, she forced me to be here. This girl. Wow. And then he's like, this is date number two. <laughs> and then he shows the lady that invited them all trying to awkwardly like talk her way through it. And now when she's like, I hope you all get along. Uh-huh. I was like, honey. Oh, please don't fight over me. They're like, don't worry, we won't. <laughs> That's the most Why are girls things. the worst? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Well, she got what she wanted. Lots and lots of attention. Yes. <laughs> That's for sure. That is for sure. Oh, jeez. Hey, it's a pretty good round. Yeah, yeah. That was, that was kind of a low score bowling session. Yeah, but sometimes you hit the gutter yeah. more than you want, you know. Yeah, it's 420. It's 420, you know. It's hard to keep them between the fucking gutters sometimes. Yeah. Hey, well... We've gone a long one today. Alert the affiliates. But uh, it's been cool hanging out with everybody. We haven't uh, come up with the first time I ever. Well, Funboy suggested one last week that was pretty cool. First time I ever went to a nude beach. Oh, yeah. You want to run with that? I'm into that. Yeah. First time I ever went to a nude beach. Don't you want to see me naked? That's our F tie for next week. All right. Excellent. Also... Happy birthday to Carmen Electra and Stephen Marley. 420 oh, yeah. babies. That's fucking awesome. She's got big boobs, doesn't she? Yes! I knew it! <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Well, yeah, thanks again, Bowlers, for hanging out with us for this long, stony, special, special episode 77. 420 edition of Bowl After Bowl. I've been Sir Spencer Wolf of Kansas City. I've been Dame DeLorean, and until next Token Tuesday, may your bowls burn ever brighter. It's just me and my ganja. Oh man, that looks like pot. Yep, that's pot, all right. Yeah, dude, you were here smoking pot with me. Can you still smell the Mary Jane? Honey, you read. Sparking up a J. Smoking a bowl, sir. Walk on. Smoke on. Mwah. Spark one up.